Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. We're in person. We're in person. Ah, we did it. We did it. We did it. We're in person. Woo. We're recording in person here. Trudy's to my right. Trudy's got a mask on. So here's the thing. Let's talk about this real quick. So let's talk about COVID dynamics. Okay. Because we're not wearing masks. We're not. We're also not six feet apart. We're not six feet apart. Okay. Trudy and Isaac, who's the engineer right now, they're both wearing masks. Right. So how does that work? Shouldn't everybody just take their mask off if we're all in the same room right now? Play mask off. Play play, play mask <laughs> off. By, you know, so you just, Trudy, take do your it, mask do off. Do it. Do it. I dare you. Trudy, take it. Why are you, why you, it. Why are you putting Bill? it on? You're making me boom. <laughs> Bill. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Amarion. Touch variant is on her nose right now. I don't know. My um uh my boxing trainer was was out sick today. Wait, but do you know why? I don't. Did you ask? He said he has stomach aches. <gasps> he's lying to you. <laughs> he's, he's lying to you. But I think a stomach ache is one of the early symptoms. Is that true? It it is a new symptom. Well, of, it might not be new. Don't hold me to that. But it is a symptom that's new to me that I just learned about. Um We have our name on the building here. Let me ask you this. Does it feel weird that we're doing this in person? Really. I feel like we've been doing this. Kind of, right? yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's feels, it feels comfortable. We have our name on the building here at Spotify. Okay, it's not on the building. Let's just do. be clear. It's not on like the outside. It doesn't say Spotify, higher learning. Yes, it does. With Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. That's not what it says, but we'll get there. We we are, so we're in Spotify down here. I'm not going to tell you guys where it's at because I don't want you guys stalking us and trying to get down to I where we're at. I think they can figure it Spotify. out. But like when you're walking down the halls here, mm-hmm. it says like it points to a room and it says higher learning. Right. Nobody can figure out what this room is. It's not a podcast recording room. It's not like our podcast okay. recording room. I think I solved the mystery. What's the mystery? They have named rooms after podcasts, popular ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Spotify. Podcasts that are that will record here. Higher learning being one of them. Also, it's a great name for a room, is it, it not? Is. Like, come on. I don't know that I'm going to go ahead and give you any credit on your explanation. What do you want it to be, Van? I, I think it, I want it to be something a little bit more whimsical than that, you know? Maybe Take it that's, away. Maybe that, okay. So, maybe the room, right? Think about it. Maybe the room is not, it's not a meeting room, right? It's a room where people, they go inside the room. And they sit there and they have to listen to old podcasts of ours over and over and over again until they actually become thought warriors. Maybe that room is actually a thought warrior conversion room. Like maybe you could take like a, I don't know, a Tucker Carlson, right? And then he could walk in here, you know, you know, Tucker Carlson, you can see his soul. It's just a walking swastika, right? And he walks into the room and he sits down and you start playing Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what's up? It's I, Van Lathan Jr. It's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. And over and over again, when 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 Tucker Carlson walks out of the room, he's got a fucking kufi on. And saying nigga. He's got a kufi because on he... saying nigga, 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 nigga. <laughs> Tucker Carlson is totally changed. Okay, I don't like it. I don't want him in the room. Well, well I mean, you'd have to, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, like, you want to convert somebody that's hard to get. Right. Let's let's we'll workshop this. We'll workshop we'll it. Workshop Donald this. Trump Jr. Yeah. Soup kitchen. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. 
Come on. Oh, We're not 10 minutes in the podcast. And you're soup already kitchen. bringing up Soup Kitchen. Soup Kitchen. Wow. We can, I wonder what Soup Kitchen is doing. Let me, let me see what Soup Kitchen's latest Instagram post is. Your nemesis. People, people, I love that people call him Soup Kitchen, by the way. Whenever you do guys. They really? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, uh, by the way, I spoke to to Chris Nigger. What was her name again? What, what was the girl's Who? name? Chris Nigger? Chris, Kim, oh, Kins, Megan. Kins Nigger. I spoke to her. We were supposed to have her on the podcast today. Uh, Wait, what happened? What was? What did she say her last name is? She said nobody got it right. She said no one got no, it right. No, Negan. Negan? Negan. Negan. I don't know what Donnie said. Negan. Hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Soup Kitchen is on a boat with Laura Zima. Who is Laura Zima? His fiance. Oh, she, he's married to he's he's getting he's he's getting with Laura Zima. Let me check out what's going on with Laura. Laura's got some Emmys. Okay, okay, Soupy. All right, Soup. You are so into him. Okay, Soup, 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 Soup doing his thing. Soup, Soup has de- deleted soup, his Instagram. Soup, Soup only got five pictures up. He deleted his Instagram. Do you know what else he did? What? Unfollowed you? Me, and and a couple of other black people from Bachelor Nation. <laughs> I've yet to talk about this. Wait, soup Kitchen unfollowed you? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me. I, I don't want to get into it deep, but and I haven't talked about it because I don't I didn't really want to acknowledge it. But yeah, he completely took his Instagram away. People started, you know, people will bring it to my attention. And I was like, no, because I still follow him. Not that I pay attention to what he's going on, but there's like it's so petty to unfollow someone, mm-hmm. especially someone who's your friend, mm-hmm. especially someone who's, you know, doing the work and doing all this listening and learning. So the only work he did was unfollow me. That's what it seems like. Who, who else did he unfollow? I believe a guy named Mike Johnson. Oh, I know Mike. Mike Johnson's the guy with the... Uh, with, I say a guy like he's not he's, my friend. Mike, wait, wait. Mike Johnson's <laughs> the guy Mike with Johnson. the... He's the guy with the uh, the sea lion photo, right? Um, That was him. Yeah. That was the guy with the sea <laughs> you lion You don't have photo. to remember him like that. Yeah, that was a little sea no lion signal. nigga. I would, otherwise, I would tell you, because yeah. I want to get that right. Will you look? I can't believe it. So yeah. I'm, looking, I got, I'm up here right now. He only follows 333 people. This is who he follows. He follows Warren Buffett. He follows, who is, who is, uh, who is Damon? Damon who? Uh, Damon, I follow this guy too. Damon, <laughs> I'm a producer. Hi, I'm Good Times. What do I, where do I know this guy from? I don't know who this guy is. Anyway, I follow him too. Uh... Stanley Tucci, he follows. Uh, he follows Russell Brand, George Strait. Okay. You follow these people? Is that no, why you can no, see them? No, he follows them. He follows Colt. Oh, he follows Colton Underwood. Wow. Interesting. All right. Follows Tyler Mary. Tyler Mary, the guy who we're going to have on the podcast pretty soon. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, but okay, so Soup Kitchen unfollowed you. Are you mad about it? Nah. I mean, I think it's just it? very telling. No, it's just something that I. Yeah, he did unfollow Mike Johnson. Um, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. So tell yeah. me. I mean, it is what it is. It's telling, right? Actions speak louder than words. You know, you're erasing your Instagram. You're starting a new life, a new chapter, and you erase certain people from that life. It's not like we were friends in the first place. That's what they say. They say when you're going to move on, you got to get all the toxic energy out of your yeah. life. Yeah. You're toxic energy to him. Had that man eating cheeses on his couch for weeks at a time. <laughs> You are so, you are, you have such an obsession with what this man is doing. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I had a soup kitchen moment. What do you mean? Mm. 
Talk Which about you that. Sent to the soup kitchen. That I didn't. I didn't get sent to the soup kitchen. I was like, listen, guys, thought warrior community. Sometimes vans. You know what dickhead momentum is? Moment, not momentum. That's what dickhead momentum is. Isaac, pay attention. You don't want to have this in your life. Dickhead momentum is a situation where you know that you're wrong, but you stay in the argument anyway. Oh, okay. Like your last Instagram post. No, it's not. I I, I maintain that I still have space from my point of view okay. on the last Instagram okay. post. Okay. We're going to okay. talk about the show Harlem on uh, on Amazon Prime. Go check it out. And we're going to talk to Michael Arsenault about my Instagram post and why I felt like the Black Barber Shop was being assaulted um, and and, Assaulted. and why people were mad. Like a lot of my brothers, it was a big conversation about it. But Mike, by, oh, by the way, we fully want to make sure that we know uh, that it, it, that conversation was it came out of love. We talked to each other. We get our perspectives across. Uh, Mike was amazing. I don't want to just give credit to Mike. I want to give credit to a lot of people who called me out because there are a lot of uh, black queer people who talked about their experiences here. And I want you guys to follow and know these amazing people. There's somebody on Instagram. Her name is Crystal. She goes by beer bottles underscore and chainsaws. She called me out. There was a guy on Instagram who called out the fact that they thought that I was, uh, his name is Steve, but his, uh, his, his, his name is at Blackwood, B L A Q U E at black word, should I say, W-O-R-D. So these people were all people that are like, Van, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Um, I still feel protective over, over black men. But we're and you talk should. To and yeah. you should. You, you feel protective over black men sometimes? I do. And I know you, you're you looking at me like, how yeah. could you? Yeah. But, you know, you I got choice. black men in my life, even though I didn't marry one. Okay? This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink. And you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large Big Gulp only. Participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise. But if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. What'd you do this weekend? I worked. So let me tell you what I did. 
I did my audio recording for my book. Oh, special. You're writing a book. Are you going to do an audio recording? It's done. You get, Oh, you finished the book. I finished the book. Are you going to do an audio recording? Yeah. I got to tell you, it's just as hard as writing the book. I mean, obviously, the oh, book takes I, well, more time. I, I hope not, because writing the book, shout out to Krishan Trotman and the people over at Hachette Legacy Lit, writing the book was goddamn impossible. It's hard. It's a, it's a different level of hard. Right. Because... <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! I can't stand you. It's a different level of hard. You like that? You like that, Isaac? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's not regular. It's not like when you. It's, it's not level. like when you first. Like not like when that first wake up hard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's like it's a different level of hard. It's harder. It's like that rocked up hard. Now go ahead. Anyways. <laughs> Reading the words that you wrote out loud, you got to put emotion and feeling behind them and like go back to the place that you were when that moment happened and you have to feel whatever you were experiencing. That's a lot of emotion. It takes a lot. So ten, it takes like 10 to 12 pages. And that's if you're doing well for one hour. Because you have to, <laughs> yes, it took me four days, seven to eight hours each day. Give me an example of how you read your book. Well, at first she told me that I had my extra voice. And we've talked about that. I we've love the extra voice. We've talked about voice. extra voice. Hi! No, it's not. It's not we're, <laughs> we're here at Walt Disney World for the premiere of Jungle Cruise. We're hoping to see Dwayne The Rock the Johnson. The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was kind of like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't think of a passage of the book. But, you know, I was like, hey, guys, it's Rachel Lindsay. Oh, and, yeah. and she was like, yeah. Almost like your higher learning voice. Like, yeah. talk to me. Have a conversation with me. Right. You know? And then, or she would stop and say, but what did you feel? You were frustrated. Let me hear your frustration. Let me hear your anger. Let me hear, like, I cried at points when I was reading my book. Mm. So it, it, the audio recording really pulls something out of you. And I wish I would have read my whole book out loud before I submitted the final thing. Because I, oh. I catch things as I, I was catching things as I was reading it out loud. I caught something in my book, and I'm going to go ahead and just talk about it right now. So in writing the book, did you have somebody with you when you wrote it? Yes. So I did, too. Uh, now, look, you guys <laughs> never like, would have gotten done. Like, look, you guys, it's, it's impossible. Like, yes. You have to have somebody. Get over it. Get over it. You have to. You have it's all like, me, but yeah, get over it. Yeah. So <laughs> it was very interesting. I caught this in my book. So there's a part in my book about the first time I met Jesse Williams, right? I uh, met Jesse Williams on the basketball court, like way before we worked on the movie together and stuff like that. Is this before Grey's Anatomy? It might have been a little bit before Grey's Anatomy. Okay. But we got, we, well, by the time we got cool, he was on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. But I saw him for the first time uh, at at the LA Fitness over there on La Cienega, so it was before. And like, I remember, I talk about it in the book how I'm in LA and... I hadn't really started getting out in the dating pool yet and stuff. And you get a little intimidated because you start to think, you know what I mean? You start to think, uh, uh, fuck, this nigga's at the gym with me. You know, uh, how am I going to get attention from women if it's this? And not just the fact that yep, he's yep, a good yep, looking yep. dude, but also the fact that he's super successful and all of that stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, I talked about how in the book how I ended up being cool with Jesse and just meeting Jesse and just seeing how human beings connect and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so shout out to Leah who worked with me on the book. She's very amazing. 
But I caught something when I was when I was seeing it because like I would write this stuff and then she would rearrange it and do all of mm-hmm. this stuff. And she goes, there was a part in the book where she goes, yeah, it didn't matter that Jesse was fine as he was anymore. And I was like, I don't know. <sighs> I'm not, I didn't say the nigga was fine. We gotta change. That <laughs> those were well, Leah. Those, those are Leah's, Leah's words. words. <laughs> Leah's all of us. Like, like, like those are Leah's words. Leah I'm said, like, "I'm just gonna let that slide." You know what I mean? Like Leah, Leah's putting, Leah's putting a shout out to Leah. I can't wait for y'all to read the book. Fat Crazy and Tired is the name of the book. Miss Me is the name of Rachel's book. Miss me with that. Like, it's like damn. Miss me with that is the name of Rachel's book. You can uh, miss me with messing up my, my book title. title. <laughs> miss me with that is the name of Rachel's book. And like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, fine. Okay, we gotta, and I was like, nah, let's just take, and, and then they're like, oh, we think it's funny that you call him fine. I'm like, ah, we call him fine. I gotta see this nigga. It is, it is kind of funny though. It is. Funny. If I was reading, when is your book coming out? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> when is yours? When is yours? January 25th. It's oh, like really soon. They want you to do a blurb uh, for my book, Hachette. So they wanted me to do blurbs, and I just got so lazy that mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't have time to ask people. But I'll do a blurb. Can I? Can I? I can't wait. Can I do the blurb? You want to write your own blurb with my name with on it? With your name on it. Why? Because I think that's dope. Well, you just told everybody that I'm not. Now, if I really do write it, nobody's going to believe me. How will they know? <laughs> They'll just have to read it. <laughs> They'll know because, like, I, the way I'll let them know that you're not actually writing the blurb is I'll put, like, continuous references to pop culture in there. Yeah, me and Van get along like Riggs and Murtaugh and Lethal Weapon. Fucking, we know Rachel didn't write this. I actually know who they are. And it's funny wow. that you say that because I just wrote a blurb for Danny Pellegrino's book and he's like a... What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Danny right. Pellegrino is like big on pop culture and he right. knows everything. Right. And I wrote it and I put a pop cultural reference in it. So there you go. That's amazing. Don't do me, Van. So... We have to talk about something, and everybody let me know all the way. You know, first of all, my weekend was fine. I just hung out. I watched boxing. I boxed myself. I sparred again. It's I sparred. Good. It's it was good. Fun. It was Put fun up time. the videos. People like to see that. Well, there's one video of me getting the shit kicked out of me. That's the one. I put that one up for you, so you can see it. Yeah, uh, Phil got mad that Brandon put that up. Brandon <laughs> shifted, and then he hit me, and I was like, "Oh, I think I'm about to be knocked out." But then I got <laughs> so look. I said something with my full chest last week. I, I, I put it down. Put it down like I always do. Put it down here on the podcast. Oh God. Had to do with Chris Cuomo. <laughs> I said that Chris Cuomo would absolutely not be fired. This is the podcast of Van taking his L's and W's. L's means losses. W's means wrong. <laughs> as soon as I got the fact that Chris Cuomo would not be fired... It's like they heard me from Atlanta and they fired to piss out this nigga. <laughs> he has been fired. He uh, he was fired because uh, there was a, apparently a sexual misconduct allegation against Chris Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Nuts. The woman that made the allegation, its name is... Uh, oh, they don't have her name. No, they don't have her name. Just the attorney who's the speaking attorney on who's her speaking behalf. The attorney who's speaking on um, behalf of Who also her, reps, Cats. represents one of the women... That is accusing um, Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment. Now, question to the Thought Warrior audience and to you. Okay. Being that we didn't know 
that this allegation was there. Stop trying to be right. Don't I get a reprieve? Because technically, he didn't get fired for what I thought he was getting fired for. No, no, no. Technically, he got fired for some other shit, some despicable shit that we didn't know about. That was just the icing on the cake because Don Lemon has accusations against him and he hasn't been fired. Don's going to be thrilled that you brought that up. Well, I'm just saying that it's not a secret. Don mm -hmm. has, obviously, I'm not saying that I like believe anything. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying there are accusations out there against Don Lemon and he's still working for CNN. I think for Chris Cuomo, and we don't even know the depth of these um, accusations, but I think that in trying to protect his brother, he really is kind of not not going after these women, but just more of like trying to water down what his brother may have done or water down the story rather than protect these women or believe these women or advocate for these women who are accusing his brother of sexual harassment or sexual assault. I said the women thing, the women thing, the issue, because women are involved and it's a sexual harassment issue, I said, I think that's the reason that he's going to be let go. Right. I think that he still would have been let go. I just think that with this, they're just like, let's just do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What does this say about the Cuomo brothers? Well, one, it says that they ride for one another. Family first above everything else. That includes allegations that women make about sexual harassment against a brother. You're going to take your brother's word over anything that these women have to say. And I think that people aren't always who they present or appear to be. They very rarely are, I I, actually think. And it's just, I think somebody's got to make a documentary or a movie on this because the way that Andrew Cuomo was praised and lauded and the way that he handled the coronavirus and you had people like Chelsea Handler saying she wanted to marry him and people were really boosting him. And then Mighty is the Fall when all of these allegations came out, which were already there. And now it's like, what happened to that Andrew Cuomo of last year? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. I... People just, you know, what's in the dark comes to light. It's interesting. Uh, I can't say that I care that much about this. Uh, I was a fan of Chris Cuomo. Um, Andrew Cuomo, I was agnostic. You know, I like it didn't really, it, either way, it didn't bother me. But like, there is something to be said with the fact that it doesn't feel like the swamp has been drained yet of guys who sexually abuse their positions. And we, you, it seems as if there was a, the book has almost been closed on the Me Too movement in a lot of ways. The book has almost been closed on Time's Up in a lot of ways. Um, but obviously there's a shit ton more work to be done. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it all, you always say this, but I just wouldn't have thought Chris Cuomo. But I, why? I just wouldn't have thought it. I mean, do you really go in thinking that anybody is like, okay, they probably have an allegation nah, against certain, them in the certain, past? Nah, I certainly Did you brothers. think that about Andrew? Andrew Cuomo? Mm-hmm. No, but I could see him now. Because governors, like guys is like at the top like that, they just get too full of themselves, man. You So you look at you look at Harvey Weinstein. And that's you see a, him. That's just like an you exception. Go, there goes a motherfucker like, who's probably capable of some shit like that. that. Like, that's so different, though. He, you know what I mean? Yeah. Th- it's almost hard to talk about anybody else on the same level as him. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you do it, it's, it's, all, it's all fucked up. It's all done. Well, I mean, that they, that's it. Uh, Dave Cuomo is 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 gone from the... No more Cuomo's. Just that, that, that much time. 
Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo are gone. Now, this is a question. Do you think that Chris Cuomo will find the air again somewhere? I think people would be will be too afraid on mainstream media. I think people will be too afraid to take a risk on him. I can't see where he would land. He's not going to go to the other side. Mm-hmm. And who's MSNBC? No. Like, I think people, I say that, but with enough time, a white man can come back. Mm. Let me just put it that way. I mean, look, I do think that we're never going to see Matt Lauer again. Totally I, different situation. I, I know, but it, it's, I personally think that Cuomo's situation actually almost rises to that level just because of the fact that he has his own allegation and then he was involved in a cover-up, an alleged cover-up, or helping his brother get whatever straight in this other situation. Maybe, oh, sorry, we found, we nah, finished. Yeah, for sure. Maybe if, because at, at the end of the day, we don't really know the extent of what he did to help cover up or lead astray, you know, different people or news outlets or whatever it may be in regards to the accusations against his brother or the allegations against his brother. We don't really know. So maybe in time, if it comes out exactly what it is, then people don't have to assume. They might be a little bit more forgiving if it's not maybe them thinking the worst. Mm. So I don't know. It'll be interesting because, I mean, I work on a show where somebody was, like, banned and came back after two years. Ooh, you went Actually, there. three years. You went there. Yeah, it's true. He's yeah. back. Yeah, he's back. You like you fuck, you fuck with him. No, I like cool. Billy Bush. Billy Bush. <laughs> that tape is bad, Billy. It's bad. But, bad he, but, but, but oh, my Donald, point is. Score one for the Trumpster. Did he say that? You're fucking right. Like, <laughs> Billy was on that wallet. Look at fucking Isaac. He's disgusted. <laughs> Billy, like Billy was on Billy was on there. Wow. Score one for the Trumps. Billy's just a shout My out. point is with enough time. All right. And you lay low, Maybe usually the back. doors open again for a white man. Now let me ask you this. Do you give people a black people discount? In what regard? So let's say that I'm doing a show, right? Mm-hmm. And like I'm doing something, and it's like, I want Rachel Lindsay to come do the panel. Do the, okay, I'll give you the, I'll give you this situation. Let's say it's two panels. Okay. One panel is sponsored by uh Revlon. Okay. The other panel is sponsored by Just For Me. You know what I mean? And they want you to come talk about black hair. Revlon's doing it. And Just For Me is doing it. I'm going to assume that you don't know about any other black hair products for you to go to Just For Me, which is for... Kids. So what? <laughs> like Kids you have a grown done. woman brand that is that pattern is beauty makeup pattern pattern beauty. <laughs> Thank then. you. Let's do pattern beauty. Shout really out Trace Ellis. Get, get Ross. Really think about you that. Got, show. <laughs> you got you got Revlon or Sassoon V one hundred and five hot oil treatment. <laughs> 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 we used to use that growing up for sure, along with what the a, royal crown. Right, right. You got that. You got that, and then you got. Um, you got uh, Pattern Beauty, and they both want you. Are you going to give the black-owned company a discount? Company abs- yeah. A discount? yeah. Swiss B says that's not happening. It's not happening in verses. She says niggas ain't giving no discounts. Swiss B is mad. He says that artists are charging five times more than non-black shows. Versus is under Thriller. Triller. Yeah. <laughs> there goes Black that pop culture. Yeah. 
<laughs> Can't wait to write the blur. Right, the blur. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right Triller mm -hmm. is what I meant. I corrected myself. Mm -hmm. Isn't that why don't? Yes. So I feel like now that they have merged with this larger company, they know that there's more money to be had. So are they wrong? It's not like the money's coming out of Swizz and Timbaland's pockets. Mm -hmm. Why are they so wrong for asking for more money? These are legends. These are icons. I was mad that Bone Thugs were at the Palladium and I wasn't there. Even though I've seen them in concert before. I've seen them too. Terrible. Yeah. One of the worst concerts I've ever Bone? You didn't fuck with it? Halfway through the concert, they asked, they just stopped. Just, just stopped. Uh -huh. And they said, we gonna have Thug Club. We gonna invite <laughs> all the girls to come up on stage and dance. And they just played their music and let the girls dance. That was it. That's they, half, they didn't half perform the no more? Didn't perform. <laughs> I'm not a fan of live music, so Did, I would've gone either. I'm a huge fan. Hate it. Um, <laughs> so, so... Switch said eight did a show in 23 summers and want to charge us like they sold out the damn stadium prices. Uh, talking about yesterday's price is not today's price. So it probably it's probably not their money that they're paying, but it's it still probably affects the people that they can book, right? Because the people from Triller, they're like, we want to get this artist to do this. And they say, hey, this they want 150, they want 200,000, they want whatever. Triller probably probably goes, sometimes that's out of the budget. So it probably affects the the amount of shit that they can put on versus how much they're being charged. I'm mad about this. One, I'm mad that Swizz is out here airing their business. Right. Like, that wasn't the place for you to be in the comment section telling on these folks. I get you being frustrated that the, that show started off with a fight. Right. Or at the end of the show, you saw people you hadn't seen in forever. I was like... Little Flip and Young Buck and everybody was trying to have their moment. And yes, people were drink were drunk on stage. I get that, your frustration. But the whole reason this started was for the culture. And it was also about giving a platform to people who we haven't heard from in a long time, who meant so much to us in a certain point or time in our lives. It was about an experience. So why are you now mad for these artists who may not have worked in a really long time to be asking to be paid good money? Mm. I just... I. I, I was shocked that he took this stance. I think it's so wrong. I mean, you've had like Patti LaBelle and Shaka Khan, and these are icons. I would love to go see these people, and you're bringing these opportunities to us. So why shouldn't they demand to be paid? So what you're saying is that they're actually not charging black people more because it's Triller, and it's it's yeah. like a big, you know, that's actually true. And Swish, you want to run it up for them. That's what I'm saying. That's why I... I, I thought this was supposed to be all about the culture. So I was just shocked. Like, listen, if you just wanted to talk about uh, Three Six Mafia and Bone Thugs, okay. There was a lot going on. It was a lot. <laughs> you saw the video I sent a Busy. I God, saw the video. So funny Busy's doing me. his thing. Here's the thing. So I hope you, got, you guys know something. Versus is not about the culture anymore. Not anymore. Right. Well, if Versus stopped being about the culture like once Doritos got involved. Exactly, Doritos, all those brands in the yeah, back. Yeah, like Versus, if, when Versus, Versus is like an amazing thing. I will watch the Versus and it's a great celebration of these careers and stuff. But when you do something for the culture, that means you're doing it for the culture. You know what I mean? And now Versus is a big money-making brand and so people going to want to get paid. When I, If I'm an artist and I'm watching a Versus at home and I see Doritos or I see liquor companies, drink companies, I see Triller in the back, I know somebody's getting paid and making money off mm -hmm. of this. Now you're selling out shows on my name. I want to get paid for this. Mm. 
I see no problem with that. Charge 10 times the amount. 10 times the amount, you Go say. for it. You yeah. always trying to soup kitchen somebody. I'm, I'm just about people making money. I'm about people making money too. That is crazy though. So like what would what's your what's your black people's discount? So let me I'll put you this is Van's very serious question of the week. What's your black people's discount? Meaning, let's say white people want you to do something and they want to pay you ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. How much is the cultural discount worth to you? What do you charge black people for the same thing? You know what? Let's just say it was what you were talking about, like a black owned hair brand Panel. or whatever. And they tell you before, because they this is what sometimes when you get in, they go, Okay now, we can pay you to come out here, but we ain't got all the money in the world. They let you know. But they could talk to you like that because they in the culture. Like, what's your black person's discount? It depends, honestly. Like sometimes I'll say, you know, I maybe I won't even charge you, but I won't give you what you're asking for. Like, oh, you want it in my feed? Maybe I'll do it for free in my stories. You know, like, let's bargain here. Like, I'm not going to give you exactly what you want, but maybe I'll do something for free. A panel, I'm more inclined to do a panel or speak for free than I am for, like, something huge, huge. But I, I would probably If I have say, to get on a plane, you paying me. No, you're going to pay me, but I'm more inclined. Like, you know what? I would, I would be more inclined to have all my travel taken care of than I would be to charge, like, a fee. If I'm going to another city... Well, plane. If I gotta take my shoes off, I'm getting paid something. You don't okay. like something. But what's the, what's the standard black people's discount? What would there you say? is no standard. It just depends who it is and what you're asking for. There's no standard. I'm proposing a standard. Okay, half. Fuck no. We nigga gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no. You gonna you say half? You gonna get people? See, I think this is also the difference in our audiences. Right. I don't get a lot of. You know, right. the culture really isn't asking. Let's just be honest. So I'm not really in this situation. So I'm like, that's please ask me. That's because so, they don't please think, ask me. That's because they don't think you're gonna do it because they think you're too big for them. And I'm telling you, please ask me. See what I said? I my, said I come out there. You don't have to pay me. My discount is twenty five percent. That's nice. Twenty five percent black people's discount. Are you saying you though? Me, it, like you asked me to come somewhere, and it's black owned. I give you seventy five cents on the dollar for the. For Let's the, for the clear up a misconception though, because because yeah. our listeners, I don't want them thinking that everybody who comes to you that's black is asking for a discount. No. Okay. Not. Okay. But Let's some just be of them, clear. But, but but look, if it's if it's like, here's the thing, if your shit is backed by something, mm-hmm. you paying full price. So if it's like, hey, come down to the family cookout in Texas, sponsored by Nissan, you paying. <laughs> right. If Nissan is sponsoring the pa- the family cookout. You got to break it off. Right. Break off the fucking money. All right. But see if the family cookout is being, if everybody in the town is family cookout at the park, we're going to have concerts and drinks and dancing. And we have a panel hosted by the nigga who told Kanye off. If y'all pooling y'all resources and y'all trying to do something, I'll look out for you. But see if y'all got a corporate sponsor. Yeah. No, it's it's a total. And that's why Triller. That's what I'm saying. That's very, very good point. That's a very good point. Um, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm-hmm. You like that song? Love it. I listen to it year-round. Is that the best Christmas song ever made? It's, that's a tough thing to say, but it's definitely a top three for me. She makes a million dollars a year off that. That's amazing. 
But did you see that it wasn't a big hit when it first came out? That's wild to me. What oh. does it mean? What, 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 what does it mean? Apparently when it first came out, it wasn't a big hit as it is now. I mean, it hit number one last year and I think this year or maybe the year before that. Yeah, but Christmas songs never are big hits when they first come out. They got to stand the test of time. But I guess I would just think because this is one that so many people love and it, I, I don't know. I just thought this was number one. Easy. Easy. Do you like the song? Not really. Why? I, it's cool. Actually, What's wrong with you? maybe I do like it. I think so. You don't know? I'm not sure. Play but it. I don't. I don't really. I think it is good. I think I like it. I what? think that I like it sometimes. What is wrong with you? I'm not really. I don't really fuck with Christmas music like that that much. Okay, but this is a song that's very poppy, and it's almost something that like you can hear year round. You don't just right hear now? that. You don't hear that little bell, and it just. Bam. Does she have the brat on this? Oh my god! Cut that shit off. <laughs> um, I think the Brad did one with this. The Brad was on it with it. Bow Wow did. Bow Wow did. Bow Wow. Look, I just want to say, like, it, it, and this is a separate topic I, uh, I, I, I'm going to bring up now. Is it Christmas expired? Are you a Grinch? I'm not a Grinch. A Scrooge. I'm not a Scrooge. But I am 41. You're and not I Tiny Tim. Fe- I'm not Tiny Tim. That always makes me cry. <laughs> I feel like Christmas jumped the shark. Is Christmas still a big deal? What ruined Christmas? I feel like something ruined Christmas. I feel like Christmas has jumped the shark. I'm not going to lie. Man. I feel like... I feel Do I need like, to press play again? No, I'm, I'm being for real. Like, on, on some real shit. Is Christmas as big of a deal as it used to be? You know what it is? It's not. No, you're not around kids. So, I get what you're saying. If you're not around kids for a long period of time, for like several Christmases, it feels just like another day, like a day off from work. When I go and spend it with my nephews last Christmas, I spent it with my nephews. It might have been one of the best Christmases I've had and I don't even know how long. Mm-hmm. Brian and I went, we stayed with my sister. I was with them when they woke up in the morning and they were like, Santa left us these presents. Yeah, see. I, it was magical. I yeah. felt it. We made cookies, we made gingerbread houses. I was with them for the full week, getting like the, like the whole thing. Mm. The Christmas tree, the presents, that felt rich. Mm. This year, I'm not going to have it. So I understand what you mean. You got to have children who still believe in certain mm. things about Christmas. You know they the best give thing you about that Christmas joy. Is? What? No traffic. When it's Christmas, you can get in your car, go up and down the 405. Why are baby. you driving? Because I want to see what's closed. I want to see what's up with LA. I want to drive around LA unfettered. Okay, I want you to go home for Christmas because I don't you you have no Christmas spirit. Zero Christmas spirit. But remember now, I like my family was like frayed at the seams. So it was like it, it was like Christmas when we are all together as a as a Christmas family, I guess it was a little bit better, but now everybody's in different places and I'm going to be honest with you. I am I never thought I would be one of those old people that would buy a gift for a kid mm-hmm. and then be jealous of Santa. It's like, did you see what Santa brought? I'm like, no, Santa didn't buy you nothing. <laughs> you need Your to Uncle calm Van down. bought that. <laughs> Your Uncle Van bought that using his mouth. You need. Oh, ooh, that sounded bad. Oh, to talk. I didn't. I like. I use my mouth Clean to it talk. Up. Clean it up. I use my mouth to talk, and I got you that. I don't. I don't like. I, it's. I don't know, man. I feel like Christmas is. Like Christmas is fucked up now. It's because the, what makes I don't know just what makes it joyful is is believing in the Christmas spirit. 
is having doing the Christmas traditional things. Like when people ask me, what did we do for Christmas as tradition? We really didn't, we didn't build gingerbread houses. We didn't make. I've didn't. never known one motherfucker in the world who's built a gingerbread. No, house. this this was my first time doing it. Wait, what? I, with my sister and her. Oh kids. my god! Yo, get the fuck out of here, y'all! Yo, yo, yo! I thought you said you've never done it. I, I know. I've never even known anyone who's I built just a said house. that we made gingerbread houses. Why? Why? Okay, we gotta talk about this real quick. So I've never. I. When What's I, the point? It's just an activity for them to do. For what? Like kids do art and activities. It's called arts and crafts. That's different. And they do that around Christmas time. That's different. But though, I know grown they're not making folks. It out of food, I know grown though. white. Do folks. you eat the? Do no, you, no, no, no. You don't eat the gingerbread house. No, no. Then no, why no. don't you just make the house out of like fucking construction paper or something like that? Why waste? <laughs> Because well, first of all, it wouldn't stand is the, with construction is, paper. Is the yes, it would. Is the gingerbread house? Is the gingerbread edible? No, like the way this comes in, it's it's not edible. I don't think I don't because the way that the, it was hard, and I don't think you could eat this. I don't remember. We didn't eat it. Point being, but I know grown white folks that have gingerbread making parties, and they make houses, and they get really into it, and they make all these intricate, detailed you know, houses and build all the surrounding neighborhoods and all that. You, I've never been to one, but like, it's a thing. Stay Maybe too I have been to one. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Interesting dialogue I saw surrounding the video of Cardi B. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cardi B went to 11 nightclub mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. There's some black ladies outside of the nightclub, mm-hmm. and they were claiming that they could not get into this club because they weren't letting black women in. Mm-hmm. I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. First question is, if you were outside of a nightclub, and some black ladies were outside of the nightclub, and they were saying that they cannot get in. By the way, I want to let people know that this is a thing that happens. Oh, yeah. It's a thing that happens, um, especially now with, uh, I guess always, but especially now, with the beauty standard being what it is, and people are 
are black women are always traditionally de- devalued our gorgeous beautiful sisters are but even now more with this whole Kendall Jenner Kylie Richardson whatever fucking Kardashian thing that's going on a lot of times they're what? looking for a specific look oh, inside gotcha. of the club gotcha. and they don't let black ladies into the yeah. club sometimes it happens um but if you were outside of a club Cardi B is coming under a little bit of fire because she sees these women outside of the club uh, they're telling her they can't get in, and she doesn't make sure that they get into the club. Right. If you saw that, would you stop and make sure they got in? Yes. You would. And I wouldn't go into the club until they could. Or if they couldn't, then we're all leaving. Hmm. I really would. I was, because at first when I watched it and she was like, let them in, let them in. I was like, okay, what, what, why are we watching this? There's nothing to see here. And she was like, let them in. They said you're not letting black ladies in. And they're like, okay, we're going to let them in. And then she kept going, and it's like, Cardi. You know, once you're out of sight, these women are never getting in the club. Right. I was shocked that she kept going, especially when she acknowledged them. It'd be one, Not that this would be better, but if she ignored them and said, oh, I didn't hear them, I didn't hear what they had to say, you know, you could make excuses for her. But she didn't do that. She acknowledged them. She said, let them in. And then she kept going. Hmm. Like, she was more concerned about going inside. Have you been to 11 before? Never. Okay. Is it amazing or something? I've been to 11 it's I mean, great. you know, I used to live in Miami. It's a 24-hour club. It's a strip club and a club. You ever see black people in there? Black women? I'm going to be honest. Well, you've been in there, so they, they let black women okay, in. Okay, and, and but I'm going to be honest with you. Uh-huh. It's like when a dude comes in with a whole bunch of guys, right? Do they let a whole bunch of guys in? No, they want them to have women. When I went, the few times I went, I was the only black person in my group. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? I don't know if they would have let in. And I'm going to be honest again. Did I see other black people? I don't know. By the time I make it to 11, you're fucked up. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm no longer there. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> now, also, I saw, shout out to Robin down there at Baller Alert, because Baller Alert is where I saw this clip. They were saying, a lot of people were saying, why do we as black people continue to patronize so places that do not accept us or want us to come in there? So true. So you don't think, I kind of think that's a little bit. Bogus. Nope, I believe that. I, I think that's bullshit, and I'll tell you why. So, everybody wants to go to 11. Mm-hmm. So, we should not... Okay, to me, that's very akin to... And I guess this is the kind of thing... Like, we've always wanted to be able to do whatever we wanted to do. It's not even about wanting to go to a place that you don't want to go to. It's about the fact that it is... It feels dirty, fucked up, and wrong to have your blackness preclude you from being able to do something. Absolutely. So if someone tells you you can't do something because you're black, mm-hmm. you are going to say that's not right, that's not fair. Of course those ladies could have left and gone to another club that was more accepting of them, but they fucking wanted to go to 11. Mm-hmm. And if the reason why they couldn't go to 11 is because they're black, isn't that fucked up and wrong? Absolutely. It's not, it shouldn't be on them they, if they want to go to 11, they want to go to 11. Well, the, I, I think what people were saying is once they told you you couldn't come in and you realized, oh, it's not just because we're at capacity or we're, you know, whatever it may be, or your dress code. Once they realized it was because they're black, why are you still begging to get in? Why are you letting them know you have the money for a table? Why would you want to give this to establishment? Because at 11 during Art Basel, tables are five figures. Well, she's one of the ladies said they offered to buy a table. She said her husband plays football. They offered to buy a table, and 
they still were but turned that, down. I know. And once you realized it was because of the color of your skin, why are you still trying to get in? My thing is, why would I want to give you my 10 plus thousand for a table when you don't want me? Why am I going to give you my money? Why are you going to benefit off me? I wouldn't even want to give you that. Let me take my 10 and go to live or, you know, whatever else is popping that night. Mm. But I, I, I agree with people. Once I realized you don't want me because of the way I look, I don't want to give you my money. Let me ask you this. Is it fair to not let somebody in the club because they're not attractive enough? No, that's not fair. This is a very hot topic in L.A. Because people do that? I'm not saying that these, I didn't see, nobody saw these ladies. You couldn't see them in a the video. Right. And I wouldn't, I would never be down for that anyway. No, yeah, I know. But the reality is that, like, is it fair to have an aesthetic standard to get into a club? Well, of course not. It's not fair. No, it's not fair. Everybody should be able to come into every single club. Where is an aesthetic? Where is an but aesthetic? But why do you, first of all, you can't even fucking see anybody in that club. Well, they can see you outside. They can see you outside, but I'm telling you on the inside, y'all, it, it might be one of the darkest clubs I've ever been into. You right. can't see us. Well, apparently thing. it's not that dark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't see anything in 11. So I, I, I don't understand why. I get it. It's one thing, maybe you want people in line that look a certain way because you're like, oh, these are the type of people that come in. Mm -hmm. But like as big of a club is as 11, you're right. going to have a decent of beautiful people there. Yeah. So what, and then it's like, who's beautiful, right? Like who's beautiful are you are you saying can come into this club? Uh, that's the other problem. But like, so what? Why does everybody got to look the same in the club? I agree. I mean, the clubs, first of all, I, I think I think the clubs are like Christmas. I think it's really jumped the shark, to be honest with you. When I used to go to the club back in Baton Rouge, shout out to Club Dreams, Club Upscale, the nightlife. We used to go to the club. We would go in there. We'd be on the floor. You know what I mean? The music would be playing the mystical shit, and we'd be going nuts. Walk out there breaking a sweat. Everybody in there grinding on each other. Shit was like Black Snake Moan. Remember that movie? Black Snake Moan where everybody's all like, it's, it's guttural. We in there having fun. No tables. Why would there be a table? You don't need a table because you're, not, you're never sitting down. You're on the dance floor. You're dancing. You go out and you bought new clothes just to sweat them the fuck up. It was a real experience. Seeing people, I you, did used to come out the club drenched, drenched in sweat. Drenched. You come out the club drenched in sweat. Mm -hmm. Drenched in sweat. I mm -hmm. haven't sweated in a club in so long. Used to and come out the club <laughs> drenched in sweat. Like I just you get like a little mini workout in that yes, bitch. You did. You're dancing, we doing yes, the electric slide. Did. Frankie Beverly came. You go in the club now, and shout out, because some of these clubs are fun, but uh some of these people are fun. You go in the club now and it's like a bunch of people holding drinks and looking at their phones. They don't do it like they have no idea what they were missing. I'm so old. Yeah, we both are. I'm so old. You know who's not old? Brittany Renner. I talk about her. You rolled your eyes. It's okay. You have a so listen. No, I just don't have much to say. No, I I wrote because I know what the topic is, and and I actually might shock you. Okay, so Deion Sanders brought Brittany Renner. You guys know Brittany Renner is a very controversial figure out there on the old internet. He brought her to Jackson State for a football meeting. Okay, and the meeting was basically about a lesson on game for his young football players. This is the way Deion Sanders sees it. Shout out, Coach Prime. Deion Sanders is the coach of the Jackson State football team. He looks at it as his players 
uh, are going to be in situations where they're going to be trying to get the attention of young women. They're going to be DMing young women. Right. They're going to be talking to young women. And there's apparently a correct way to do this. And then there's a wrong way to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Deion Sanders brought Brittany Renner in to discuss this. Now, Brittany Renner, we know, has a lot of uh, opinions on the way men and women should talk to one another. Mm-hmm. She's a lot of people have opinions on Brittany Renner, but she's someone who's known Deion Sanders for a while. And she brought him in there. He brought her in there to talk, to mm-hmm. talk to the young men, uh, women, men in general. Everybody wants something. She told the team. So even if it's like we both have our own thing going on, me still being with you is good is a good look because you boost my stock. She talked about them. She talked about the fact that she's dated guys in the NBA. She's dated rappers, blah, blah, blah. And she wanted to get those athletes ready for the dating pool. Your thoughts on that? I see no problem with this. Mm. You know, I think that, I feel like Texas did something like this, but didn't bring in like a Brittany Renner, but they had workshops on educating you on what life will be like once you leave campus, not to get caught up in certain things. And one of those classes had to deal with like finances and certain things like that. And I think this goes right along with it. There's a certain lifestyle that comes when you're an athlete, because that's who she was speaking to, football players. And so why not bring somebody who's deep in that game to educate you on the game, Mm. right? I see no problems with this. I don't even understand why this was that big of a deal, right? Everything Brittany does is a big deal. Everything Brittany does is a big deal when it pertains to this lifestyle. If she going to talk about cooking, nobody's talking about it. Everything that Brittany does in this lane is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and she knows that. And she flirts with it and she plays with it. That's why she'll post a picture of her on a campus and say, hide your son. She knows it. It will get the attention. She knows, how to, she knows what her brand is. She knows how to capture that. And good for her. But I see no problems with this. And I don't understand why everybody thought it was a big deal. This is somebody who's been in the game, who's played the game, who's clearly lived this lifestyle. So if you're trying to teach your um, your players to avoid that or maybe avoid a Britney, then why not bring somebody who knows that, you think into, that the, into, the, into I, your room? I don't talk. necessarily know that she was teaching them how to avoid a Britney. How to avoid the game. Right. I don't think she was teaching them how to avoid the game. I think she was teaching them how to play it. Well, I didn't get that from her talk that she was that she was teaching them how to play a game. I mean, she was basically like, "Everybody's going to want something from you. I'm good. Uh, uh, like, I'm going to want something from you because you'll boost my stock, even though I have my own thing going. Being seen with you boosts my stock. Mm-hmm. Like, was that pl- is that teaching you how to play the game, or is it just telling you that well, hey, girls are going to be after you, just like? People are after me. You know, she was clear to let everybody know. She's got blue checks all up in her DMs from different, from various groups, artists, your favorite NBA players. Like, I expected all that talk to be there. But I don't know if she was teaching them how to play. I didn't learn a lesson. I didn't hear a lesson in it. It was just more of like, this is the game. Well, so sometimes explaining a game is actually teaching somebody how to play it. Is it te- or avoid it or don't get caught up in it? Maybe no, that's the just, better she's, word. She's just saying this is what's going on. So understand that when you go, okay. So look. like, do you think that they didn't know? They don't know that. Do you really think that those players don't know that when you go pro, that girls are going to come after you? Well, more than anything, this is a publicity stunt. Let's just be real. Sure. Okay. So course. more than anything, sure. Dion, but it strikes the right chord though because it gets people. <laughs> I love Dion. I, I love what <laughs> it strikes the right chord. It gets Dion. It gets Dion Sanders. Uh, his program. 
Absolutely. talked about Deion Sanders has his finger on the pulse of what's yes. going on. So he looks like the cool coach, the players coach. But more than anything, this is a publicity stunt. But sometimes in explaining to people what goes on, you're sort of giving them a blueprint of how to do their thing. And I guess my question would be. So what does she give them to teach them to do? I think her thing is, so there's a level of dangerous thirst. Mm-hmm. Thirst can become dangerous. See, when we talk about thirst, we, we use it as a pejorative. But thirst can be a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Thirst is blinding. Mm-hmm. You can get That's why thirst is so bad. Thirst blinds you. It blinds you to the red flags that are in front of your face. It's for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, thirst, you're, you're thirsty for something, and there's something right in front of you that says, this is bad. This is bad, but you're so thirsty. It's like actually being thirsty. Okay? Okay. Think about it. Yes. If you're actually parched. thirsty, you're parched, right? What 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 might you do for the water? You know? Correct. You're crawling through the desert. So doesn't that mean that she's teaching them how not to be so thirsty or look out for the signs? I think she's teaching them how to avoid it. No, she's not teaching she can't teach them how to avoid the thirst because that's impossible. Okay, to watch out for it? No, she's teaching them about how to better curate the red flags and put them together. I didn't gather that from the clips I, I saw. I did. Of course you did. You can't tell them not to be thirsty. Telling I didn't a say, 19, 20 I, year old boy not saying. to be thirsty. You're not listening. I didn't say you don't do this. Mm-hmm. I said she's teaching you to be aware of what it is, to avoid or maybe recognize somebody like herself, who's been in the game before. Like herself, who's yes. been in the game. Yeah, like herself. I, I mean, I again, I had no problems with this. I didn't even see why this was that uh, that big of a deal. I think it's great she's going to talk to young people. I think people here at Higher Learning expected this to be a bigger deal with you because of some of your past opinions on Brittany Renner. I stand by everything I've ever said about it. So what, like, you're teaching people how to avoid a lifestyle or whatever word you want to mm-hmm. use. You're talking about a lifestyle that you lived. Why I gotta? Why do I have a problem with that? So, My opinion Look, hey. is that she lived that lifestyle. My opinion is that she's part of that world. I still stand by that. Now she's talking to a group of men about that world. Who? What better expert to talk about it than the woman who's been entrenched in it? Entrenched in it. You like these verbs. These are you. You're doing your thing. Look, this is what I think. You know, I I think highly of Britney. I, I think that Britney has a lot to offer people in terms of all of this stuff. I think never denied it. I I personally think. But I think more of this should go on. I, I'm so for it. Why do you think that Deion Sanders brought her? Because she's an expert in that field, in that lane, in that world. Like, What's that field? The game. That's all I'm going to say game. because that's what that's what he called it. I'm not going to put any kind of implications on it past that. She's an expert in it. Mm-hmm. That's why she came to talk, right? That's why he brought her. I don't think anybody can deny that. It's true. So I don't understand why everybody thought it was going to be that big of a deal. Why are conversations about male-female dynamics so explosive? Why can't we just talk about these things? Because for so long, you couldn't. It's it's interesting. One of the movies I saw this weekend for work was Being the Ricardos. And, um, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Your Being face. the Ricardos? It's based on Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Oh. Oh, and it's and I'm a big Lucille Ball fan. It was one of the few shows I could watch growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I I really love I Love Lucy. But this tells the behind the scenes story of how they met and how the show got made. And it really talks about a big portion of a week in her life because she was um, accused of being a communist because she checked the box. Mm-hmm. So it deals with all of that. Anyways, um, she uh, there's a she gets pregnant, 
And she's announcing that to the higher ups at CBS. And they're so they're so against her talking about the pregnancy through the show. They're like, the beds aren't even together. They're like, well, we're going to put the beds together. You can't do that. You can't tell people you're pregnant. She wasn't even allowed to use the word pregnant. When they finally agreed that she could say that she's having a baby, she could never say pregnant. Mm. So it's been so long. It's been entrenched so long in, in our culture that you can't talk about certain things. And so I think that's why it still gets contentious when you talk about when the male and female dynamic, because for so long it was like men play this role, women play this role. And when a women st- when women start doing things that have been assigned to what a man is supposed to do, then people start talking. Because sometimes people can't get out of their heads of women can't do that. That's for men. Men can't do that. That's for women. Do you believe in gender roles? No. You don't believe in any gender roles? No, but I do like for Brian to take the trash out at night. Right. <laughs> I don't believe in gender roles either. And sometimes I wonder if... That's the right way to look at things. To not believe in gender roles? I don't believe in gender roles. I think that people are trying to move towards that. But I think that still some things are ingrained in us. I don't believe in them either, but I don't want to go out at night and take out the trash. Do you see what I'm saying? But that's I'm assigning a so, role to it. Okay, I'm, let me I'm ask being you hypocritical. This. So I like to ask questions to like really probe how, how much people don't believe in gender roles. Let me ask you a question. Trudy, you can jump in here too. Let's say you're going out to dinner with a man, right? Let's say you weren't in any way, you know, you weren't married. So it's a date. It's a date. Okay. You're first date? Out. Let's say it's a first date. Okay. Let's say it's a Set first date. Scene. Trudy, it's a first date. Uh it, it's it's a it's a first date. You guys are going to Ruth's Chris. Because he likes Ruth's Chris. Okay. And if we're being honest with ourselves. Say it again. Ruth's Chris. Ruth Chris. Is it Ruth Chris? I no, it I think it's Ruth's. There's is a, there Ruth's? is an apostrophe S yes somewhere in I there. I think there's a Ruth. I it's think okay. it's Ruth's Chris. So Ruth's Chris. So you're going to Ruth's Chris. Because if we're being honest. <laughs> it's Chris. It's about yeah, it's okay. I know. If we're being honest. <laughs> I haven't seen one of those in a long time. If we're being honest. Seriously being honest. Okay. All your fancy steakhouses that exist in your in your town. There's no place in your town that makes a better steak than Ruth's Chris. In Dallas? Oh, you never been to Nick and Sam's. Fuck and if Nick you're from, did not put you on the fuel city. All right. right. Fuck Nick and Sam. Nick and Sam's. That's the best steakhouse in Dallas. Nick and Sam ain't got that butter like Ruth's Chris got. Anyway, <laughs> so he's taking you to Ruth's Chris. You guys have a fun time, whatever. At the end of the Ruth's Chris date, the check comes. Mm-hmm. He pays the check with a gift card. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. He pays that the check with a gift card. Yeah. With a gift card. Okay. He pays the guy. He's got a Ruth's Chris gift card. You don't even ask Did him why. Did he pick the restaurant? Did he pick Ruth Chris? Yeah, he picked it. Okay. He picked it because he had a gift card there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pays the check with a gift. Now, if he's smart, he slipped a gift card in where you couldn't see it, but he wasn't. He paid the check with a gift card. Do you have an issue with it? Not at all. Trudy? You do, Trudy? Trudy, be honest. Okay. Trudy, wait, Trudy, wait, Trudy. Wait, wait, be wait, like, wait. Be, be honest, what's Trudy. what's the problem? Trudy, Trudy, be honest. Be honest. I'm not. Okay, go ahead and pay it. I'm not. It's not gonna upset me, but I will say it's gonna end up in the group chat when I get in the car. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but would you go on a man. second date? I would go on a okay, second date. Okay, that's all that matters. I, at this point, I'm. What do you do? Are we financially stable? Do you have a roommate? Because I can't date guys that are over thirty that have roommates. Okay, that's weird to me. But you know what? Wait, you, you get can't those date questions. A guy. Hold on for a second. You got. You got. You can't date a guy over thirty with a roommate, even in LA. 
That's strange. I don't know. I just feel like it's strange. You know why? Because you live on your own. That's exactly. She lives on her. I feel like I'm getting it, so I need you to get it too. Wow. So 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 I'm not mad. So so here's the thing, though. (laughs) Here's the thing. If the if the tables were reversed, right, and the woman Mm -hmm. goes, "I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get dinner. First date, I asked you out or whatever," and she pays with a gift card. Mm -hmm. There is not even a second thought. I was like, oh shit, you got let me see that bitch. You got a gift card. That's smart. I like that type of shit. There's not even a second. The it is only an issue with the gift card being you pay for the dinner if it is the man it's that not, uses the gift card. And that's because that's because, even with Trudy, that's because there's an inherent belief that men <laughs> should be breadwinners. Okay. Is there's an inherent belief there's, I, I that, that men that, should be breadwinners? That actually is is I think that really is, especially for black women, that is not true about that that men have to be the breadwinners. That's up. actually not true. And I just want to say something. boys don't deserve and no I just, pussy. I know that's right. Okay. Like, like, oh, you love that part, Trudy. Look at Trudy. Trudy loves that part of the song. But, but, but. Trudy, Trudy, Trudy wait, 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 wait. Did you say Trudy? Yes. Please tell me you got yes. Trudy. Trudy, Trudy, Trudy loves Trudy. that part of the song. Trudy. She loves that part of the song. It said broke. broke. I didn't say you got to be the breadwinner. I don't want you to be broke. You got to uh-huh. bring something to the table. Can you pay your bills? That is a real thing. I just want to say something about the gift card, though. I am totally okay with the gift card. But on the second date, if you bring out a gift card again, again. what if this man? But what if this man got a couple gift cards? What if he got a couple gift cards? What if he takes like the second, the second time? He's like the second time you're about to go out. He's like, hey man, I want to take you on a, I want to take you on a special drive. You know, out to Burbank. Like, why? Because you know, I want to go to the Olive Garden out there in Burbank. Like, there's not another. Olive and it's Gar- Olive Garden <laughs> on my face. <laughs> Okay. So, can I ask you a question? Ruth Why Chris, does the Ruth Chris, Ruth Chris has three S's? Okay, uh-huh. three dollar signs is what I should say. Right next to it, maybe four, three, three for sure. Olive Garden has one. Right. You don't need a gift card. You might. But by, by the way, first of all, it's not turn about, him down, it's, Isaac. It's, turn it's about, his mind. It's down. not about whether or not you need the gift card. It's about the fact if you have the gift card, can you use it on a second? Day? You get a pass the first time. The second time, absolutely what not. This nigga got a couple gift cards. Because you know one of the questions I ask, and I ask this in the fantasy suite, what's your credit score? I ask that. If that I makes can't sense, because see... you got, but but that's different though, because you're about to you're about to marry these guys. <laughs> okay. Well, so you're about engaged, to uh, yes, engage. Yes. You're about to get married. So before you get married to someone, of course but you like, want to. It's a red score. flag, ladies. Listen to me. You got to recognize the red flags, okay? And it is a red flag if the second time he pays with a gift card. Do you not have cash on hand? Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you have a credit card? Like, these are real questions. Like, uh, I, you know what I would do? The sec- If he did it a second time, I'd say three times a charm. Let me pick the restaurant this time. Right. Because I'm going to pick a place you don't have a gift card to. Right. Like Nick and Sam. Now, then if shit. he pulls out like a Visa $100 gift card, right. we got But what? Okay. All right. So let me ask you. So let me ask you another question then. Just real quick because we're, oh, we're on a tangent here. So we might as well stay on it. I've never done so. When I was getting ready to go on my first date, my late father, he said, "I think we've talked about this on the podcast before." He goes, "Hey, you always want to exude confidence and security when a woman is around you, always, right?" So he's like, "I might I've been charged for so many extra shits, probably on bills because I never look at the check, right?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Don't look at the check." He's like, "Don't study it. Don't do any of that." He was like, "You you you know roundabout what it is. Put the money in." Put the card in, 
let the guy go. Don't mm-hmm. look at the check. Mm-hmm. He's my. He's like, as a matter of fact, he gave me this little move. He's like, when he's like, make sure a conversation is going when the check comes. So when you're when I you're like when you're paying the check, make eye contact with the woman that you're sitting across from. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. Whatever happens, because she is watching. Yeah, whatever happens, you got her. Mm-hmm. So look directly in her eyes and mm-hmm. talk to her. Laugh with her. Whatever drink. Hey, give it to him. Talk to the man about the money. Don't talk to the woman about the money until mm-hmm. you know whatever, whatever. Now, that's because that's an attractive trait in a man. To be able to handle that, right? Mm-hmm. That's based on a gender role. That that the fact that that is is based on a gender role. That is based on a gender role. Like that a is, man got, can take care of it. A man can take care of himself, but also that he can take care of you. Because I can tell you one thing: if a guy a- asks you guys out, right, and then he asks you to bust the check down, you're not fucking with him. Like split it. Yeah. On the first date. <laughs> I, honestly, I. I would give you a pass, but I would I would give you a pass. I'm not going to immediately eliminate you because like you really might be frugal. And that might be something that we got to work on in the relationship. Right. Brian is a person who looks at the check when it comes. I noticed that from the beginning. Right. He looks at it and he makes sure that he was charged for everything correctly. I don't like it. And we're married. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like we share our finances. Right. I don't like it, but see, this That'd is what. That'd be so funny, Brian. Like, yo, man, I didn't get these fucking mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck she doing. But this is why context is good because he always said his mom told him to do that, and I noticed that when we go out, the mom will look at the bill too, mm-hmm. and she checks everything. So I'm like, okay, it's been ingrained in him that that's what you're supposed to do. It's not that big of a deal. Question: Is there anything that a man has to do? Take out the trash at night. Is there anything that a woman has to do? Have a baby. You can't say that. A woman can't. A woman doesn't have to have a baby. I'm saying it because woman, men, I'm saying because men can't. I know, but if, That's really if what a I'm woman decides it. she doesn't want to have kids, I'm a person who gets talked about all the time for not having children yet. I'm not saying it in that way. I'm, I'm more so making a joke because men can't have right. it. Is what I'm saying. So they I'm, I'm just that. saying the gender roles thing is an interesting conversation. We got to. Trudy has so many. Th- Trudy's a traditional. Trudy, I want to be in the group chat. <laughs> I want to be in the. I want to be in the group chat. Oh, they get tore up. They I like to vicariously live get my friends up. who get to date. What what, what do men get tore up in the group chat about, Trudy? Oh my god! I mean, for one, just weird ass first date situations. Yeah, it's 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 a no. Like if you pulled out a coupon, I'm. <gasps> I maybe might give you a second. And it it really, your personality would have to shine through, would have to really carry you to that second date. But then in that second date, it's make or break. Like, you're going to have to really make me think that there potentially maybe might be a future with you. What do you mean coupon? Like, like a piece of paper cut out of the newspaper? Or- see, that, 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 that. How- that's to me. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's can just I the just idea say, of watching but can I out. just say, if you... And I just need to know that you can afford where we're eating. That's that's really first and foremost. And then secondly, you don't necessarily have to have a first date be a dinner plan. The best date I ever went on in my whole entire life was when I was living in D.C. And it was my boyfriend at the time. But he took me to Gravely Park and we watched airplanes like land and take off because he knows I love airplanes. And it was so cute and so simple Aww. and still is the best date I've ever been on. That nigga now, got so much game. That nigga bro. was on the phone with his homies yeah. like, bro. That's a bachelor like, day. That nigga was, was on the phone like his He's like, bro, I'm not gonna lie, bro. I just spent zero dollars, my nigga. But <laughs> like, he's like, bro, like y'all, y'all taking girls, like y'all stupid. You took a girl to a basketball game, bro. I legitimately took Trudy to the park. 
and we watched planes take off. And she was on it, dog. She was on it. Because it was an I'm, experience. I'm, you know what? You know what I'm taking her tomorrow? Tomorrow, I'm taking her to the bus station. But and we're just going to watch people get on the bus. Man, give ladies an experience. experience. Exactly. Oh, it's so much more meaningful. And it showed he paid attention to our conversations and the things that I like. It was great. It was great. But that's also the same guy that used to spend like $500 on a date for me. So, you know. And oh, find yeah, me out, girl. Yeah, it was. Mm, that's be, what, that was. Spending, and then he I became my money. boyfriend. I so. felt like dad instilled it in me. I spent money. He comes down there. Hey, this porterhouse for two is one hundred seventy-five dollars. I got it. Bring it out. Big Daddy got the porterhouse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bring it. I don't give a. You're not about to look at me like one of these broke niggas. If not, we don't. We, we don't. If I don't have the money, I won't go out. Uh, I want to talk about LSU. Got a uh, a new uh, a new football coach, Brian Kelly. What do you think? What do you think of the Apparently, high? he's a fraud. How's he a fraud? Uh, he switched up his whole speech when he landed there in Baton Rouge. That's mm-hmm. not concerning, alarming to you? Not at all. Why is he trying to imitate the way he thinks y'all talk? Let me tell you something. I want to tell the whole national media this. Is this my camera right here? This is my camera right here. Get off Brian Kelly's dick. You, he, he's not Coach O. Get off his nutsack. That, let me tell you what happened with Brian Kelly. What happened? This is what happened with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, he landed in Louisiana. And as soon as you land, right, this is what happens to you. See what I'm saying? See this right here? This is the Cajun shakes. You get the shakes. As soon as Brian Kelly got on the plane, he was like, hi, it's me, Coach Kelly. Ha, ha, ha. I run the Notre Dame offense in Cincinnati. But when he landed, he was like, oh, hey, got to go. Yeah, I need some jambalaya, some gumbo. You know, he, he felt it in his soul. And then he hit the campus, right? He hit the campus of LSU. When he hit the campus, he's looking around. He's like, oh, my God. He sees all these people there. It's LSU. And then the twain came out. The twain came out. Stop. I'm telling you right now, Brian Kelly is about to have a cultural awakening in, in Baton Rouge like he's never had before. What they need to do is the national media and everybody around it stay out of LSU business. We don't get in y'all business. Y'all had alcoholic coaches. Y'all had coaches get fired on the tarmac. Y'all have coaches that's fucking um, the the girls that work in the 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 fucking athletic department. Not that we kind of didn't have that too. Y'all had all kinds of shit going on with your coaches. We stay out of this shit with your coaches. All kinds of coaches. Your coach has been through some stuff. Which one? Sarkeesian. Oh. He's had his own trials and tribulations. I'm, I shut up. I I'm shut proud up. of him. I shut up. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. He's come back. Leave our coaches alone. because he has a black woman by his side. Does he? Yes. Sark is married to She's a black Delta woman? Sigma Theta, sorority incorporated. You no, I'm not. Sark is married to a date. I got to see her. I follow her on Instagram. Let me see. Because I might, I might start rooting for Texas. She's fabulous. I might start rooting for Texas. Hold on. Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian. Right why? here. Oh, oh my God. She's fabulous. L'Oreal Sarkeesian. Uh, damn, Sark. <laughs> that nigga Sark not playing. Just straighten him out. <laughs> straighten him out. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not going to lie. I fuck with Sark. I'm going to like... I fuck, I fuck... I can't believe you didn't know that. I did not know this. I fuck, I fuck with Sark. Look at Sark. Look at Sark. Look at Sark. Look at Sark. And then she... This is a sister. L'Oreal, Sarkeesian. Look at her. I think she ran track. Where, at Texas? No. No, no, no. Maybe somewhere else. But proud member of Delta Sigma Theta. Wow. 
Nah, fuck with Sark. Look at this. She's in a picture with Vince Young. Vince Young got sweat all over his t-shirt. Stop, 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 stop. Vince Young. Things happen, man. Uh, look, I fuck with Sark, but I'm saying, like, get out of our coach's business. It should be known that uh, Brian Kelly has never coached or lived in the South. So what? Just in case you're wondering, maybe, you know, he brought back a, a childhood twang or something. No. Why, why is everybody never, on never. LSU's nut sacks? It's just weird. You know, he's, he gets there and he's like, I'm excited to be here with the family. Good for Where him. did that come from? He's excited. What? He's excited. Do you talk? To, do you say excited like that? No. No, I don't have he's an imperson- accent, though. He's impersonating what he thinks people from Louisiana say. It's just weird. It's just weird. Okay, guys, we have to talk about something that went on on an Amazon Prime show called Harlem. There was a, a barbershop scene on the show that a lot of black men, some black men thought, was disrespectful to black barbershop culture and painted black men in a very savage and unfair light. I talked about this on on my Instagram and on my Twitter. And I had some conversations with some very smart people. One of those smart people is going to come on the podcast right now. His name is Michael Arsenault. He is an author and a cultural critic and commentator. Um, and he pulled my coat on this. He pulled my coat on this, and we had a really good conversation. I had good conversations with a couple of people. Shout out to Jamel Lemieux, Lemieux too, about this entire situation. But I want you guys to hear the conversation because within the black community, within communities, period, there are also separate factions and groups Mm -hmm. uh, that need to be able to talk and have more open dialogue with one another. And I learned a lot talking to Michael, and I learned a lot talking to you guys every day. So let's go ahead and get to that conversation right now. Okay. Uh... I, for right now, have been kicked out of all woke circles. I lost my woke card yesterday. Uh, uh, a homie of mine pulled my coat on something that I said on Twitter. I think that it's best that we have a discussion about it. This is an amazing person. He is a New York Times bestselling author, as I understand it. Yes. Yes. Yes, he's a New York Times bestselling author. Like, if you guys have some time, you want to sit down and read an amazing book called I Don't Want to Die Poor by Michael Arsenal. He was kind enough to send me a copy. I read it. It is absolutely fantastic. But even more than that, he is a cultural commentator, a critic, and someone who I went back and forth about this particular scene uh, from a show called Harlem. Now, Harlem is a show that's on Amazon Prime right now. Brand new. Brand new show. Brand new show written by Tracy Oliver. I think Malcolm D. Lee is involved. Uh, It's about four 30-something black ladies in Harlem doing it, Mm -hmm, doing mm -hmm. their thing. There's one particular scene, and rather than us describe the scene, what I'm going to do right now is have Donnie drop the audio into it right now so everyone can listen to the scene. I'm telling you, these hoes... Bust it wide open for a six-piece nugget. No fries. Yo, you gonna handle this? He's no. You know the rules. Yo, Aunt, chill. We got a lady crush. Baby, the lady shouldn't try so hard to look like a dude. Mom shop's a safe space? You're not using the term safe space correctly, dumbass. Yeah, well, she just laying there all nutted on this shit. Yo, CJ, please, get your boy. Todd, what can I do? Aunt Stanley. I've been coming here for years. We been, but me and Aunt are family. He's my mom's sister's son's nephew. He cousin's top. So anyway, I'm about to titty fuck the hoe, right? And then suddenly I realized Shorty got one titty bigger than the other. Fuck <laughs> Okay, now, uh, there was a post that went around that talked about how that particular scene was portraying black men. 
Mm-hmm. If you notice right there, they're very aggressive to the woman that is getting her hair cut. Uh, and there seems to be no one there who is standing in the gap for her right? as this is going on. She is a black queer lady and she is being antagonized by this barber, by this barber who is being outwardly aggressive towards her. I was mad. I was mad, Michael. I said that this doesn't happen in barbershops that I haven't seen it happen. I thought that it painted black men and the black barbershop experience in an unfair light. And me and you went back and forth. Tell me where I'm wrong and what I'm missing. But Michael, he was more than mad, right? Because you t- you took time to post it mm-hmm. and then write a yes. full caption on it. That was took, on Instagram. On Instagram, which yeah. took me by surprise. That's more than mad. You were passionate about it. You had all caps on some of your words. Mm-hmm. Like, there was meaning well. behind that. So, Michael, yes, please, <laughs> please. I, I'm already team Michael, the fact that he was calling you out. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us what this conversation entailed and, and, and what you guys went back and forth about. It was so funny. It literally, I didn't, I wasn't mad. I just was actually smoking sativa and just kind of, you know, it's a plague. I try to chill out, but that said, thank you both first for having me. Um, We were wrong. And I, yeah, respectfully, it was kind of the equivalent of what white liberals or white people do in general, where, and I don't, I know that sounds harsh, but hear me out. Mm -hmm. It's that just because something that maybe you would have done in that moment or where you have been, you're basing your singular experience while other people are trying to say like, this could, your your experience doesn't negate anybody else's shared experience. And while I understand wanting to have, like we were going back and forth, like you are the, the image of the black barbershop. Respectfully, I think the black barbershop has a pretty pristine image collectively. I think what we don't have is that real honest conversation about how those spaces might feel for people like me. Um, I wrote about it in, let me just do it out the way because it's Christmas, my books. Um, yes. I remember that one, I can't take Jesus. <laughs> But then I can't, I'm a hug, we, you know, I gotta go. Um, but then I can't say, Jesus, I write about my own experience, which I told you about sure. in that. And I mean, it doesn't even matter about my anecdotal experience, but just that said, when someone is telling you from a, a group that would not feel the way you would in that space, I think it's always better to listen rather than sometimes react and also not negate somebody else's comments by saying what you would have done in that moment when that, when so many people in real time were trying to tell you actually it might happen this way. Now I did give you like, not credit, but this, I, I ended up going back and watched the episode in full. I was saying, I said this respectfully because um, I'm a big fan of like the creators behind it, but I can see how maybe some of the dialogue, and I did acknowledge that even from that scene, I was like, I don't know if they might've exactly went like that, but in the crux of the scene, if you're talking about, can a woman feel uncomfortable in a barbershop? Of course she can. Can a queer person feel uncomfortable in a barbershop more or less like that? Of course they can. So many people were telling you in that moment. I was telling you in that moment. I have a very specific example about when I was in college, people were talking about how a bunch of uh, gay men, basically gay, gay black men, you know, like a, a, a depressing of the waist, the waist of a dick. They should be raped in prison. They should be killed. I'm in the middle of the fate. What I'm going to do? But the thing is, I think sometimes when you talk about these spaces, like, can I curse? I don't remember. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm very much a nigga. And I'm just saying it very colloquially. So I know, like, in those spaces, how people can talk. And sometimes you got to pick and choose your battles. But the reality is, like, you go in those spaces, there ain't a place in this country I ain't been where the black barbershop might be good for you or even good for a lot of other gay black men I know, but it might not be for me, it might not be for her, it might not be for somebody else based on how they present. And respectfully, men in general, if men really in mass say called out misogyny, homophobia, queer antagonism, all that type of stuff, 
then most of the stuff that we talk about when women and queer people complain about wouldn't be so common. Realize a lot of men don't do anything. And even if you are a better man than that, and you've been in places that are more progressive than that, that doesn't mean that that's not as common as you think. And I think one thing that I will say about this that I appreciate, and you know, I'll just say in my own TV development uh, journey, um, mm. I think it's really important also for Black queer people to have greater voices and for them not to be silent. Because I don't think most people understand that most of the people, when they think about queerness, I get that they associate with white people and the rainbow and all this stuff. The reality is mostly Black people in the South. Most queer parents are four Black lesbians in the South. Most people who have self-identified as queer, gay, whatever, have been people like me, and that's 2012, more than white people, yet you see only these certain images. So again, I think when you see even like a molecule of like criticism, receive it. Because while I understand why other people are looking, I don't really care why people think. White people don't think whatever they want. I think not to get too grand, but if the whole thing about like excellent products and the Cosby's and Obama's, all that stuff has happened and look how they look at us. It's just what it is. I think there's something to be said about when black people are talking to each other to really listen. And that's the only perspective I was trying to say. I think, again, you wouldn't do that. You've reached out to me. You helped me promote my book. I understand that you, you know, aren't like that. But again, your experience is not everybody else's. My experience isn't everybody else's. But I do, I will say in those instances, it was too many people kind of being like, actually, actually, actually. And I think that was a moment in general, just a lesson for some of us. We all have to just kind of sit back and be like, you know what, maybe I need to kind of reassess. Again, the dialogue might have been a little off. I'm chopping my head off people. I know I'm trying to cross over, but yeah, I think it's the crux was legit because I have experienced that myself and I know so many people that have. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys an example. Um, um, all, first of all, all very well said and obviously you speak with a great life experience, but I'm going to give you an example of, of a similar scene that, not a similar scene, but a different scene that I had a problem with and I'll tell you why. So you guys remember in Atlanta, right? There's a scene mm. in Atlanta where <clears throat> they're at a party like it's like the episode where they're going to the party and they're they're going to like Drake's party, and there is a black woman, and she's in that scene mm -hmm. with a white lady. Michael, you're smiling. Mm -hmm. You remember this scene, do you not? I think I know where we're going, but I'm gonna let you. Right. So there's a so so listen. So there's a black woman. She's in the scene with a white lady, right? And the white lady in the scene is with a black man. All right. She's she's with a black man. The black woman in that scene is super upset about it, right? Mm -hmm. She comes across aggressive, feral, emotionally distraught, and, un and un 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 unhinged, and she attacks the white lady. Like physically? No, she okay. attacks her verb verbally. The white lady comes back and very coolly dismisses her. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is how you feel. This is what you think, but this is the reality. This is what's happening here. This is what you don't know. This is the thing. I looked at that and I'm like, that is completely unfair. Is it impossible that that would happen? No. Like, not at all. We know the way some sisters feel about black men dating white women. Mm -hmm. We know that. But I don't feel like that scene got to the point to where there was any understanding of why she felt that way where there was any contextualization about what was actually happening, it, the scene made a very pointed criticism without anything out the other side. And it, and it shocked me how a black man could write that about a black woman and just let that scene breathe. And to be honest with you, it's never been reconciled. It's never been reconciled. And I looked at that, and I'm like, yo, well, does, as black ladies, y'all don't have a problem with the fact that he's making 
because I know plenty of black women who don't care about that, number one. Mm -hmm. And the, one, yeah. the ones that I do know that care about it, if they addressed it, they would not have addressed it in that way and not with any teaching whatsoever. I thought it was a poor representation. So I said, okay, in my opinion, let's talk about as a culture and a community, how something like that would actually go. And if you want to, if you want to lay that up there, I feel like you have to give sisters their say. Now that's not to take away from any poor white woman who's been accosted by a black lady or any black man that's <laughs> Rachel. Rachel knows. Rachel's in the interracial. She's in the IR club. She's in the IR section on Pornhub. But <laughs> but 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 that's like but that's not to take away from anybody's experience because you'll hear from people that say I go through that all the time. I just didn't feel like it was fair to black women. And in this particular scene, it's not necessarily that I wanted to to step on anybody's experience. I wanted to have the conversation because I do think that there is a point for me particularly as it's reflex to me as a black man to fight against the portrayal of black men as mindless, savage killers. Okay. And people, and, and in the scene that we're talking about, the guy is not, talking about something in a very uh, uh, matter-of-fact way. It's not just a conversation in the barbershop. He's trying to fuck with her. Like, he glances at her. He's attacking her. And everybody mm -hmm. in the shop is just like, they're good with that. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I've never been in the barbershop where someone is getting attacked for any reason, and it's getting to that level, and everybody else just lets it slide. Even if it's two men, after a while, I right, leave them alone now. Like, even if it's just to maintain peace inside the shop. And look, if I'm wrong, I'll wear the big, I'll wear the capital W. I don't want to take away from anybody's experience. But I also, there, there is a feeling from me that, like, we just get kicked out of nuts and we're not supposed to say nothing. Like, it, it, you, you know what I mean? The only way I, I would no, feel that um, way is if I'm, the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Michael, you're the guest, no, no, go no. ahead. Yeah. No, no, this is y'all show, go. No, <laughs> no, no, Mike, go ahead, no, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead say what you're gonna say. Okay, because a few things, I, I'll say about the Atlanta thing. I like the show, but actually tying to Harlem, and I'm, this is the part where I'm the critic to, I'm creating, I'm trying to tell that line. I'll just say this, um, I think uh, certain black shows or certain shows in general, in that way, that's a very specific experience that they were trying to write to. That probably does not really appeal to like the common black woman's experience. And when I say common, just like predominant, because the reality is most people in this country don't, the races really don't mix. TV doesn't really reflect the fact that black people, white people are largely segregated by design in even the most metropolis of cities. And so most black people, women are not even thinking about that. They're just thinking about themselves. So I understand that. I think that speaks to a very specific experience. And I think sometimes respectfully, some of the shows, I think some of the critique is, um, some of these shows, I think they all have a right to exist and provide entertainment, but like maybe, hmm, I'll just say this. I lived in Harlem for seven years. I'm glad this show exists. I'm glad the other show, uh, Run the World, uh, Run, Run the World exists, forgive me, um, caught up on the Beyonce lyrics. But <laughs> I think in the same way, I would say like when I lived in Harlem, I'm aware that half of black men have not had jobs the whole time. I'm aware of like right behind the hole was like a methadone clinic. It's a certain lens that I think maybe certain people would think about and their thing, uh, maybe I'm going to left, but I'm just trying to say, um, that dialogue didn't really match reflect reality in either instance, so I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think 
Whereas that example is probably less common. I would think the queer one is more common, but you're not in, you wouldn't be informed enough to know because you would never be put in that position. You would never be in a situation where you have to think about that as a straight black man. You just wouldn't. So in the same way, maybe the dialogue wouldn't go exactly the way that guy was going off. Because I will admit, when I watched it and when we watched an episode, I thought, I don't think it would go exactly like that. But would some dude be really crude and sexist as fuck? Would he say something like that to a man? traditionally masculine presenting women i was gonna say stuff as uh, eight um old and southern but yeah like that wouldn't react they would i don't think it would happen exactly that way would a man troll a woman like that in that position in a barbershop absolutely i've seen that happen in real time because some straight men do not like women who present that way and that is how they talk to them but generally speaking men can be really crass can be really sexist i've seen men harass mothers that come into the shop Sometimes people will say something. A lot of times people will not. In the same way, okay, so many videos on Twitter you can see every day. Men do not step in. I mean, even if in New York, how many times have you seen a, a stranger I've walked up to just to end up talking to her because some man harassing her? It's a bunch of straight men right there not doing anything. I think sometimes you have to, again, this is where you have to take yourself out of the situation and kind of maybe pull. I get the Atlanta thing. I think that's a very limited experience. I get that even in this dialogue, it don't really connect with how maybe most of us would think. But again, I think just in this instance, yeah, it's actually more common than you think. And again, most of the representations of the black barbershop are usually nice. They're like film franchised about it. We actually don't really talk about the fact that like, and this is the thing, a lot of queer people, women, we wanna also hold black people accountable. We also have to deal with the fact that people are really racist and are hard on black men. But at the same time, when do we hold straight black men accountable for the fact that like most of the people who terrorize you are the people closest proximity to you. And for us, that is mostly straight black men. And that was an example, no matter how people didn't like how they, maybe exactly how it rolled out. But it, it does, again, speak to a real experience. And I think even if not handled exactly how it might've really happened, no, it was, again, it, if I'm telling other people telling them, like, you have, I think that's a sign of, like, wait, maybe I need to reassess. I, I'll give you the W, because I think you are wrong on this, but I got the Atlanta example. <laughs> I just think sometimes because there are so few Black shows, and I don't think most people understand how hard it is to even be in media entertainment and the sacrifices that you can get, so most people can't even afford to have these awful kind of, like, subtle but nuanced Depiction of the black life, I'm trying to be respectful. You know what I mean? Um, but I just think that scene, yeah, I'm gonna shut up now because I gotta. <laughs> you know, I what I what struck me when you made that post and how passionate you were is that you were trying to speak to your particular experience being in barbershops across the nation and almost as if you were trying to protect what you have known barbershops to be, what has been your experience. So I think it caught me off guard because at the same time, you weren't trying to understand that there could be or entertain another side or another experience. Mm -hmm. I know you said that you posted it because you were opening it up to conversation, but the post didn't come off like that. And you weren't alone. I was shocked. There were a lot of people on Twitter who agreed with you who agreed mm -hmm. with what you had to say. But I think that the same way you were trying to protect your experience and what you know of the barbershops, I think that that scene allowed people who have been through that to protect their experience and speak out in a way that they never have really had represented before on a TV show or whatever it may be. Did you see Tracy Oliver's response to this? I did not. Okay, so Tracy wrote because this was going on, um, you know, it was trending. She said, Def not making a statement about all barbershops because there is no singular Black experience. This scene was based on personal experiences shared by Black queer writers who've experienced homophobic slash uncomfortable talk in barbershops. Your truth and theirs should both be validated. And I think that pretty much sums it up. 
I do. Yeah. I, I do. And I agree. So I'll, this is, this is, so this is what I'd say to that. Number one, I'll wear the W. I'll wear the W. And, and just to be clear, that doesn't mean win. Okay. Well, that's could. wrong. You never know. I just want to be clear. Um, but what, Not in this context. <laughs> but, but, but I, but I, I, this is what I'll say. And shout out to Jamila Lemieux because me and her went back and forth this morning on this. And I've really enjoyed the dialogue, right? Uh, because I think it's a very important dialogue to have, right? Um, I remember, like, we did a we did a short film. We put the short film out, and the, there was various criticisms of the short film. Various criticisms. Some people liked it. Some people thought it was uh, um, trauma porn for white people. And you take all those criticisms when you make something, but you hope that you start a conversation about what is the correct way to depict black people, how you depict black people, and um, what is the there's no correct way. Like what makes sense and what what doesn't. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and so like even Trayvon, Trayvon Free, who is my partner in Six Feet o Over, who is a producer on this show um, that we're talking about, the mm -hmm. show that we're talking about. So uh, me and him have, a, I have yet to talk about it, but I'm sure he's thrilled uh, <laughs> <laughs> about the post. But I'll put it to you like this, and this is where I guess I'm going to, to acquiesce. I'm going to acquiesce to the fact that I probably am coming off as overprotective of my brother's. I am. Two reasons. One is I hate the divisions that exist inside of the black community. Sure. When I say that, I, I don't. I understand that they're there. I I completely understand that they're there. And in order to undo them, we're gonna have to look at the community in a more holistic way. Like, I criticize Boosie on Vlad. People telling me not to come back to Baton Rouge for Christmas. You know what I mean? So like, it's not. It's not. I'm I'm going back to Baton Rouge for Christmas. It's gonna be fine. But but what I like what, I like brave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is this. I hope to get to a point to where there is a mending of sort of these ideas, not just in what we're putting out, but also in intention. Mm -hmm. I've been in rooms before where I've heard black ladies specifically I was in a room where I heard four black ladies talk about how to drain men that were new to LA. Mm. Like how Michael's like, like, <laughs> like how to how to how to drain men that were new to LA. You know? I've I personally would never, ever, ever, ever commit that scene to film. Mm. Even though if you live in Los Angeles long enough, you you if you live in Los Angeles long enough, you meet all kinds of people and you meet there's a culture here that goes about propagate. If you live in if you live in Atlanta, if you live in Miami, there are certain ways that I want black women to be seen, you know. And I think more than anything, I was guarded against that. I'm like, well, you know, you guys don't care how we're depicted, but if the answer is depicting us in a certain way makes it to where we have conversations about the way we act and carry on. I, get it. I, I, I just was saying, it's, it's the cultural critic in me, as someone who I've spent more years or just as many defending Black people against the charge that we're more homophobic than anyone else, which is literally not true, against other Black people too. 
But at the same time, when is there a space when I can talk about that, that the real homophobia that exists within the black community? Right here, Michael. Like, no, I'm, I'm, but thank you, Beth. But like, honestly, like I usually have to think more about stuff like the image and how protecting. But at a certain point, it's like people are going to think what they want. You kind of just have to think, what is your actual concern is my actual concern about actually being better within our community. So there actually has to be spaces to talk. Yeah. But I will say in conceit, I do think. Part of I'm not, but part of that frustration, I, do, I will say, I don't like typically still how working class black people are depicted in television. It is pretty much to me more times tropey and offensive, and that does include how black men are depicted. I do think there is a real frustration about how most of black people actually live in America and what we see on TV. If you look on TV, most people are rich. I literally wrote about black TV's working class black problem like more than a decade ago. So I'm aware of like the images of black people have a long way to go. But I think at the same time, even about me as a black gay man, I don't like, I mean, it's not that I don't like, I've had to accept what images do exist now, honor them and appreciate them and while to push for my own, but also see that everyone needs space to be who they are and have a voice to be able to say what they say. So I was, I appreciate like the dialogue and even letting me, um, you know, have the space to say something, but I will say, I just want to stress, I think there has to come a point with Black people where you have to be honest about the fact that how we do hurt each other mm. and the most vulnerable among us, even those who have even a little bit of molecular power, which in our, how would be straight Black men and how they hurt women and queer people in those spaces. There has to be more of an honest space to talk about that independent of what other people will think. Because again, people they that will think what they want. We need to talk to each other. Absolutely. And give us faith to have that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So th that's true. I got last thing I'll say is I floated this to George Johnson. Um I think this is a great idea. I call it the alliance. Okay. This is what I want to do. I'm serious. I want a black straight male, black gay male alliance organization that's built, that's built on learning, understanding, trust, and putting out a new face to the community. We're together. You know what I mean? We're together. Education, all kinds of things. You know what I mean? You should lead it. It's going to be me. It's going to start with me, Mike, and Boosie. Wow. You got some work to do. Oh, I mean, I told you, I think, I, yeah, I mean, I used to dance to Boosie in the gay club, so that used to be longer, but, you know, he went too far like that way. I, I feel like back in the day, I, I never knew Boosie was like that. Maybe I wasn't listening right. to what he had to All say. All I heard but... was Boosie in the gay clubs. I used, I remember when the ratchet was an actual dance before people abused oh the word. Gosh, like, yeah. I had history of Boosie. He hurt me. He hurt, yeah, he yeah, can't come. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, seriously, I appreciate the... Uh, Thank the, you for having the, me. Pulling my coat, man. I appreciate the, the dialogue and the conversation always. Anytime. Thank you for joining us on Hire Anytime, Mike. Thank you. Nice to, me nice to meet you formally, Texas. <laughs> Same to meet you, too. Nice to meet you. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. Okay, uh, so there's been an arrest in the murder of Jacqueline Avon. 
Ariel Maynor of, Bad, of Baton Rouge of Los Angeles is charged with one count each of murder, attempted murder, and uh, felony with a firearm. Uh, Jacqueline Avant was 81 years old and she was shot uh, allegedly by this person has been charged with this. Now, if anybody has been paying attention, there have been a rash of uh, mm-hmm. crimes, some violent, uh, most of them violent, that has been taking place in the Los Angeles area around people who are stealing and robbing and doing all kinds of stuff. And a lot of times we talk about these things like, oh, man, be careful out here in L.A., be careful out here in L.A., but, you know, uh, this one was killed. And it's very, very sad. We're always talking about justice in situations like this. Obviously, mm-hmm. you want to see people get their comeuppance when they do things that are this horrible. But I don't know. I look at this. It's just hard. It's a it's a hard situation. Uh, uh, my prayers go out to to Clarence and his family mm-hmm. uh, to have been married to someone for that long, mm-hmm. and then to have her life taken taken over basically nothing uh it's just wild to me and everything that's going on in la is wild to me are you yeah. are you are you seeing all this stuff oh my gosh on the way here i just saw that there was a robbery in the pacific palisades right. and they were showing them on camera and it's like these are secluded i mean they're happening on the street i just don't want to make it seem like it's happening in rich neighborhoods it's happening everywhere mm-hmm. but it just seems to be so rampant and i i mean i have citizen and it's like it goes off all the time with the yeah. most crazy like charges or I shouldn't say charges with the most crazy like what's the word I'm looking for crimes the most crazy crimes that I'm seeing pop up on my citizen yeah. app it's it's wild out here I have to take citizen off like you got addicted to it I had to yeah I had to citizen was I would me. put it back just because of everything that's going on why what is this how is this going to help I don't know it's because it tells you how many miles away something is happening around you and like for me like Brian said something the other day where he said I know so much is happening but I don't feel it and I go you ah, need to feel it you need to be that is a great point. have your head on a swivel like somebody told me the other day that when I'm going home I should round the block two or three times before I pull into my actual place just to make sure that I'm not being followed it's like you don't think about that but we need to be thinking about that people are desperate that's people actually are... not what I would tell you oh what would you tell me I would tell you you wearing too much jewelry right now so here's the thing also I'll be real I don't you. wear my um wedding ring I mean I came from work so on television yes right. but when I go out I don't wear my engagement ring yeah I don't do it anymore yeah just for, I'm, I'm you guys think that you guys can think that I'm pussy or whatever but I don't wear nothing like I just it it they is wild. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times on Citizen you don't have it anymore. It pops up and it says, "Man wearing a Rolex robbed." Right. It's just sad. It's yeah. very sad. Um, but it also tells you how people are out there, uh, kind of suffering. It's like it's very desperate times. It's very desperate times, and a lot of these things situations are happening in these high profile areas. Uh all right. So we got to talk about updates in the Justice Smollett trial. You're still anti Jesse Smollett. True that, or false? I've not. I've never said that I'm anti him. I just think that this was a setup by him. You think he did it? I think that he wasn't attacked by a MAGA Trump going person. I think that he did hire these people to attack him for whatever reason. I don't know. Well, Jesse Smollett has now testified in this trial. He has said it is in fact not a hoax. Uh, the two brothers, Bola and Ola. Mm-hmm. 
up. Don't laugh. Don't, you cannot laugh at their names. You can't do that. You then you can't. You can't. Oh, you can't. God. You can't laugh at their names. If Bola, we're laughing, they're laughing. <laughs> Bola and Ola on Sidario. Uh, they testified last week, Bola and Ola did, that Jesse mm-hmm. uh, paid them $3,500 to beat him up, mm-hmm. put a noose around his neck, I guess wash his face in bleach or whatever the fuck happened. Uh, their testimony is the core of this. Justice Millette took the trial, took the stand today, and he said that that's not true. He said there was no hoax. He said that, uh, you know, he met Bola, and Bola helped him get drugs, including cocaine, he said a sexual relationship began to forge between the two at a Chicago bathhouse. So him and Bola was getting down. Once the two were out, Justice Millette testified they got uh, a private room and did more drugs, and then they made out. So he's saying that him and Bola had a specific relationship. Um, now, uh, there's something about this that I want to point out. Okay? okay. And I feel like this lends itself to Jesse's story. All right. Mm-hmm. And something that really hit home with me. So, Jesse Smollett testified that he went to uh, the subway. And when he went to the subway, he was attacked. Correct. By men who were wearing MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. They said that this is MAGA country. Mm-hmm. He assumed that they were white mm-hmm. because if it wasn't fucking Candace Owens and goddamn Larry Elder, what are the chances that somebody black would scream, this is MAGA country, so he assumed that they were white. Probably a bad assumption on his part, but he assumed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They put a noose around his neck. Mm-hmm. They assaulted Jesse. There's one thing to me that really made this whole situation real. Jesse said that after this was over, he decided to leave the noose around his neck and go to his apartment. But there's something that he did before this. He picked up his Subway sandwich. Did he say that? Yep. Like he stood in line? No. The Subway sandwich apparently fell the in the fracas. In the middle of this fracas, where he says he's not sure if he landed a punch, he dropped his Subway sandwich. He then picked his Subway sandwich up and went back to his apartment. I submit to the ladies and gentlemen of the higher learning jury that that's a very key detail. Because? If you are, in fact, emotionally distraught mm-hmm. and then you're in a bad situation, you are going to grab that sandwich. If you set this up, think about it. Think about all the times that you've been to a situation. Think about this. Tell you people like this. Think about a night out at the club, right? You're a man, you're a woman, you're having a night out at the club. You want to go out and you want to meet someone, but you didn't. You know what you do on the way home from the club? You stop off and you get McDonald's or you get something like that. You make yourself feel better after a night where you took an L. If Justice Millette wasn't in a true, a true, a true emotionally disturbing situation, There's no way he would have brought the Subway sandwich back to the apartment with him. He would have left the Subway sandwich if this was a setup. Because the Subway sandwich is now nothing but a prop. The Subway sandwich was his 
He Van. was he was using hold on. He was using the Subway sandwich to soothe him. He was hungry. All right. He was hungry. He got attacked. Subway sandwich is there. I'm gonna pick up the subway sandwich. I'm going back to the house to eat the subway sandwich because I'm I'm in a real bad emotional situation. I'm gonna call the police. Man. And on the other hand, he's gonna have the sandwich. I believe it. When I saw this detail, subway. What about it? It wasn't Ruth Chris. So what? It's not like he was leaving a a $50 steak or something on the ground. You're so. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. So you're against subway now? Let me tell you something. No, I actually like subway. I was about to say. Let me tell you something. Don't don't, don't fuck your money up. Let me tell you. Don't fuck your money up, okay? They're giving them out. (laughs) Let me me tell you something. Don't fuck your money up. If I am attacked at night out of nowhere by racists, and I am fearful of my life. And they go as far not just to verbally attack me. They physically assault me with and put a noose around my neck where I am fearful that I cannot. You're going to leave the sandwich? I am going to get the Bullshit. fuck out of there as fast as I can. You're... I am running for my life and I'm looking for help or to get home. I'm not going to sit there, look around and say, ah, Gotta get my Subway sandwich because I'm I, still hungry. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. I guarantee you, more people agree with me. Okay. If you just got fucked up, if you just got fucked up, because remember, this is after the attack. If you just yeah. got fucked up, yeah, you got fucked. I'm thinking up. the police. I'm thinking I gotta stop. He I said think, he's scared of the police. Well, I, we I'll tell all you right are, now. but I, it doesn't mean that I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call for help. I'm not gonna just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to my apartment, unwrap Listen, this sandwich. I just peel I, back, peel back the paper. And bite into this six foot, six inch, wow. <laughs> or one or two, 12 inch sandwich. There's no way. There's no way. Justin Slade says he noticed the news around his neck as he returned to an apartment. He says he picked up his phone and told the person he had got jumped. He picked up the sandwich as well. He picked up the sandwich. He picked up Under the sandwich. Under cross examination, Smollett said he refused to give Chicago police his cell phone for their investigation because he wanted his privacy. Can I ask you guys a question? Why do y'all want Jesse to be guilty so I'm much? I'm not. We're talking about the facts of the case. So, so I'm saying... It's not that you want it. It just seems suspicious. Here's my question. Did we make up the fact that, there, that he wrote them a check? Because I'm not seeing that in the article. I'm not seeing it in the article either, but I, I do know... He but did write them a check for something. He got kicked on the side. Well, he got it. He wrote them a check for training. He said, "But okay, they're saying that this check was used in the attack." Okay. Here's my other question: What reason do they have to lie that he made it up? What do you mean? So they're saying that he they were paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Is he saying that they are the ones who attacked him? So we we know that they're the ones that carried out the attack. They're definitely the ones. He's saying they're saying that they did it because Because he he, made them. He paid them do it. He's saying they did it because they wanted to extort money from them. Yeah. Okay. So he they they wanted to extort money from him, and also there might not be enough proof. There appeal there appears to be there appears to be a sexual relationship for this. Let me tell you something right now. But then he could have done they if they wanted to extort money from him, they could have they could have tried to expose that rather than having to go through all of this. Should I call Jesse right now? No, okay. and he can't talk. I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you something right now. If Jesse beats this, I don't want to hear shit else. There's nothing else to say. If he beats it, that's it. Okay. Now a lot of people are listening to this. You guys are all out there on your high horses. You act like you never go to subway in the middle of the night. Like you never had some people hire some people to beat you up. Let people it go. do people do stuff. 
Okay. Y'all gotta stop treating black men like this. That's what we're gonna talk about later on. Jesse's a black man. All right. So what? Even if it was a hoax, Jesse come back to the man, family. Bye, Van. Even if it Let's was go. a hoax. Let's go. Even Let's if it just was wait a to hoax, see what the jury says. Rachel. He should get away with it. Rachel. Not that he okay. should get away. Even if he no, did that's it. That's what you said. Even if he did if it. If it was so a hoax, what? who cares? So what? He's black. He who gets cares? a pass. Who cares? Who cares? Who who got hurt? You care Jesse, about Jesse, apparently. Who you care about the Chicago police? I'm not it's that's not the point. You can't like he we were all if he lied, we were all upset. Like we we, so what? we, we don't need to get, we into get this, upset we about, about all kinds of time. we get upset about all kinds of shit. I, I want to hear what the jury I got has upset to about say. a TV show. We get upset about we all we do is get upset. All okay. we do is get upset. All we do we're just angry. It's very we're just true. running around here angry. You want it, let's say Jesse is guilty. What would you want to happen to him? That's so, the question. That's, <laughs> let's I don't say, even care let, anymore. Service. Let's say community service. Community service, and you know what community? I don't even he, care anymore. He needs to be serving the same community he's always served, our community, because he's been a big time ally of blacks. But you guys just and the blacks and our LGBTQ you, brothers and sisters. Uh, roll the tape. You literally said you thought he was guilty. That's you not hoped the point. You were wrong. That's not the point. You hoped you were wrong. That's but then point. Subway got inserted into the picture, Subway and all inserted. of a sudden we want to backtrack. I'm telling you, man, they're giving out these deals. What kind of Subway sandwich says it though? What's your What's your go to Subway sandwich? The black forest ham, six inch. You the biggest fucking pork person ever. It's so disgusting. And I don't apologize. You don't. For it. I wonder if what I'm about to say. You know what? I get, I get the meatball sandwich. Ugh. Yeah. They don't look good. They, it's, it's like they don't look when they pull them out. I've seen it on other people. Mm-hmm. I'm like. So, <laughs> let me, so let me tell you something. It's like the bacon that they so have I'm, I'm going to tell you something real quick. and We, we, we got to go because it's been a long podcast. I'm going to tell you something real quick. Ian Spooner, my friend Ian Spooner. You guys go back to Ian. Tell Ian that he's a jerk. So this was at like when I was really getting it food-wise. Like, okay. Like super getting it. And we went to Subway. And it was like we went to Subway. It was like, yo, I'm going to lose weight. So let's go to Subway. So I get inside the Subway. Jared. And he, this nigga was wild, Jared. So I get inside the subway, right? And I'm in there and I want to get, like, I want to get a turkey with, like, no loaf, no cheese and just a little mustard. I want to get that. But I see that they got the brand new meatballs. They just brought the little thing out, you know? Yes, I've seen It's it. not like the, it's, they don't have the, like, uh. It's not the old meatballs. They brought like the brand new meatballs out. And I'd see them, so I hear that little sound where they take the, the the lid off the meatball thing right there. And there it's like, it's right there. And I know that the meatballs with the cheese and stuff, I know it's going to be dope. So I say, fuck it. Right. And I get a foot long meatball sandwich. A foot. Foot. A foot, nigga. How many balls are foot. in the foot? Wow. Uh, I'm not sure. It's got to be at least eight balls. Ew. It's got to be at least eight balls. Four <laughs> per six inches. It's got to be. So gross. So then I get the cheese. <laughs> so and the cheese automatically melts when you get the meatball, right? And then, like, something happens where, like, the uh, the like the sandwich kind of gets a little bit. It, it eats up the, like, the, the, the meatball sauce, right? It's good. It's like this whole thing. And it gets soggy. Not soggy, but just a little soft the way you like it, baby. And so then... um. So then I get it. And I'm like, fuck it now, right? I'm like, fuck it now. And uh, and so I go to the end. I get like a bag of chips because I used to have the Olean chips. Get to tasting the sandwich. Okay, so listen. I get the bag of chips, right? I get the bag of chips. And then I get two chocolate chip cookies because fuck it, we're in the wilderness now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like whatever now, I go right? for the sugar. I get but it. Yeah, fuck it, we're in the wilderness now. 
So I get back in the car and Ian is sitting in the car and like he's in the, the front seat and I'm in the back seat. And <laughs> he he adjusts the rearview mirror and he sees me wildly <laughs> like an animal. You know what I mean? Like, like he sees me. It's like feral <laughs> and desperate. <laughs> like, like he sees me. I like got I got the I got the I got the uh I'm like in the back like this. <laughs> nobody's around. Uh, nobody's around me. But I'm I'm protecting my sandwich and I ha <sighs> and then I and I then I then I, I eat a I eat a piece of cookie boom I'm like <laughs> So, and he and he listened. I don't know what came over me. I was just like, I just start ah, crying. Ah, and, and and he looked at me, bro. And he was like, he was like, he looks at me, bro. He, he looked. He, I'm telling you, he listened to rearview mirror. He's like, hey, nigga, bro. I'm sorry, bro. You need help, bro. Like he's like, I'm sorry, bro. You look like a fat fucking wolf. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, bro, you need help, bro. He's like, you look like a fat wolf back there, it. bro. I he, like, I'm just, I'm, I don't know why, because I, I felt, I felt so bad for myself. I felt so bad that I caved because I went in the subway with the <laughs> so best of intentions. I went to, I went in the subway with the best of intentions, the best of intentions. I'm gonna eat light. The lasted light. Like I'm gonna eat light, bro. I'm gonna go in there. And I'll never forget. I'm just, I'm like, fuck it. Now I'm mad. I don't want to sit right next to him. There was nobody else in the car, by the way. I got, I got in the backseat of the car to put distance between me and Ian because I knew that he would judge me. <laughs> so, he, so he, I'm in the back. <sighs> I'm just like, you know what I mean? He just, he couldn't handle it. He had you to, he had to make his presence felt. Now I understand your take on the Jesse Smollett. In your mind, he was attacking a meatball foot he was long attacking sandwich. A meatball foot long sandwich. Just like that. Just it like took that. you back. It took me back to that moment. And when, and I know that when Jesse got into I the understand. apartment, that's the same way he was with his sandwich. He might have been trying to protect his sandwich from his assailants. I'm done. Right, We're, we done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Hit Ian up. Ian's gonna remember. Oh, oh, Ian. That's it. You know, I had a different Vans very serious question. What was it? You want to save it? Maybe. Maybe I want to save. What was your Vans, serious question? Vans very serious question. Maybe I want to save. Oh, the discount. Yeah, it was the how much of a black pe- discount do you give to black people? But like, it's not. It doesn't seem like that's that serious. You know what I mean? Okay, well, give it to us then. What you have in mind? I don't know. I don't think I want to. I want to do it. I want to save it. It's okay, a good save one. it then. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, look, you guys, this was our first podcast in person. I think we learned a couple of things. What did you, what did you learn? <laughs> Isaac. You're looking at Isaac. He keeps looking at Isaac. We, Isaac did not ask to be a part of this. You keep bringing uh, him if in. If you're in the room, you're a thought warrior. <laughs> you know? you know? I do want to say one thing, though, about the, the Michael Arsenal uh, conversation, about this conversation, period, before we leave. Okay. Um, so it is not my intention to be on the right side of every single issue. Okay. And I don't think it should be anybody's because – I'm going to see things, and based upon my experience, I am going to 
react to them and talk about them. Even when I think that I'm right. And by the way, I didn't do an agree to disagree on this situation. I still do think there's oxygen for the way that I look for the way that I look at this. I do. I can understand though that I'm never gonna put my experience over somebody else's uh trauma and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So I acquiesce to that. But I think there's oxygen for the way that I look at it. I want to do something right now while we're all in this room sharing oxygen, like sharing uh experience, sharing energy. I want to challenge the audience of the podcast sometimes. Okay. And the way that I want to challenge them is I want to challenge them to be wrong mm. because a lot of times the need to be right all the time mm-hmm. stops us from, uh, to me, genuinely evolving our outlook, right? And that's how, in my opinion, the microaggressions that we exhibit on an everyday basis mm-hmm. become huge aggressions Mm -hmm. because it's not that you've actually really processed anything and change you're putting on airs to make people think that you're away when you're really not Mm -hmm. so the things that i can appreciate about having conversations that might really be difficult or having conversations that might be uncomfortable white background is that you really get into the guts of something and when you get into the guts of something you get a little blood on you Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to clean off. And you're and it's a, it's a it's a moment that you share with people. So I know that it's it's with with the way things are right now, that if you're wrong, you're on the wrong side of something, uh, that people kind of feed on you and there's a feeding frenzy, but that shouldn't change. You have to be intellectually brave and curious enough to go out with something that might be true to you but not true to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Example of that real quick. Aquafina, right? Aquafina uses a black scent. Still? She, the black scent's kind of there, right? Okay. So there's this tape that, there's this clip that goes around about Aquafina where they're asking her about the black scent and she's like, well, you know, it's not a great answer she gives. It's layered, it's this and it's that. I want the full conversation with her about the experience that she had or why she talks that way. And I don't want to know it just so I can know the best way to kick her in her nuts about it. I want to actually understand it. Mm-hmm. Not that it'll ever be okay with me, but that it, it might stop me from internalizing something that makes me look at her as less than a person. Mm. So so for me, mm. I, I, don't, I don't mind going to a place where I'm uncomfortable with her defending herself or uncomfortable with her saying what it is that she's saying so that we can come to a point to where at least if we don't agree, which is not going to happen in all cases, at least we understand each other. Mm-hmm. Because understanding one another is way more important than agreeing with one another. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But what you just put out there means that two people have to come together and actually be opening to ag- accept what the other one is saying, mm-hmm. right? You want Aquafina to speak her truth and I hate that phrase, but you know what I mean? Like speak, tell the reason as, the shit. as yeah. to why. But the reason she's probably afraid to do that is because she doesn't want to be canceled. She doesn't want people to assume certain things about her. She doesn't want people to misunderstand it. But if people are receptive to 
understanding why she did it, like you, and aren't going to judge her or cancel her. They just want to understand where it's coming from because it'll give them a better understanding of her. And then it might open up a conversation as to, hey, this is why this is wrong. This is why you shouldn't do that. People don't have the maturity, the understanding, the patience, the willingness to come to the table and do that. The conversation that you and Michael had is because both of you were willing to hear the other one side. You respected one another. You weren't going to judge the conversation. You just wanted to hear what the other one had to say, right or wrong. It wasn't about that. It was just understanding what your brother had to say. People don't do that. Society doesn't do that. Social media doesn't do that, which is why we're in the position that we are today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do that. We got to do it here on Higher Learning. So, you know, when you guys hear Rachel say all of this weird, wild, wrong shit, like stop going crazy. Like, you Shout know, what out I mean? to Scandinavia. Shout out to ooh. Shout out to Scandinavia. And then and the Netherlands. And then the Netherlands. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Netherlands. Wait, 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 wait. All Scandinavian the... countries. Those were the six, and it does not include the Netherlands. So Amsterdam is the capital of the Netherlands. And it's not Scandinavia. It's not Scandinavia. But Denmark is. But Denmark is. Shout out to the little mermaid. <laughs> uh, my name is Van Lathan. Jr. And I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Take thin caps off, but do not stop letting me out. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>